Hey, what is going on UWB community? Drake here, bringing you guys another installment. We have a couple of special guests here today. Uh, it's going to be a really good podcast, just really just rambling and talking about all sorts of stuff. We're also smoking some really good cigars. He's going to have a really cool, uh, you have a little story about the cigars and oh, history we'll on it. We'll talk about some cigars now. So yeah, so I'll introduce Johnny D and Collins. Well, this is Johnny D. Uh, so I, I go way back, way back, and uh, sitting here on my my good side is uh, Collins. And we've been together about five years now. Just did a weekend camping up in the Utah high elevation deserts, and uh, uh, we're turning it over to Collins. Um, yes, I was also camping. <laughs> <laughs> now we're sitting in the desert and at a picnic table, and it's hot and beautiful and. What do you think of the desert so far? Um, it's a lot of Besides mob. hot? Um, it's beautiful. Uh, nice sunset, a lot of dust, rocks. That's true, that's true. A lot of heat. Yeah, yeah. so bring the heat. tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, so I'm an architectural historian, a school teacher, former school teacher for the majority of my life. Just, um, you know, I'm in love with structures and buildings. Good thing Objects, old things. Marrying him, being a dirt boy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, with him being CE. Oh, yeah. Very I'm the, cool. I'm the doer, and she's the, the teller. The That's awesome. Yeah. Tells her what to do. So what about you? What's your what's your experience, Johnny? Okay, so I've uh, been in construction most of my life. Military brat, been in the military my whole life, off and on. Active, reserve. Uh, ended up being a locomotive engineer for a railroad. And uh, I'll probably be going back to that real soon, but... Uh, you know, I just, I just like getting out there. I, uh, I'm a builder. I do things with my hands. I'm an engineer. Everybody knows what engineer means, right? By definition. Absolutely. Problem solver. Okay. So uh, whether I'm engineering a, a design on a bridge or a road or an asphalt type pavement of design or whether somebody comes to me with a problem, hey, uh, how do I do this? You know, my girlfriend's acting up crazy. You know, I just got a problem solver. I got to fix this up. <laughs> We, we work so together, we design, we manage people and programs, and um, we get results. So as far as military background, what else you got? Because uh, you've been in several branches, you've been in almost every branch in the military. Just about, just about. So uh, right out of high school, I was, I watched the uh, the first the first uh, Iraq war go down in 90. I thought that was cool, and so uh, <laughs> when I was a junior, Desert Storm, exactly Desert yeah. Storm one. My old man was there. Yeah, awesome. A lot of people, a lot of people. Uh, so I saw that go down, and uh, you know, I was a junior in high school, I think. And my mom and dad were all in business, telling me, "What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do?" And I said, "I'm just gonna stay here and work." And they're like, "No, you're gonna go in the military." And I said, "No, I'm not." Long story short, I went to go talk to the Air Force recruiter. No, nobody was there, and right next to the Air, Air Force recruiter was a Marine Corps recruiter, and he saw me, and he, he was always showing up in his blues, and he goes, you want to be in the Marines? And I said, nope, <laughs> don't want anything to do with the Marine Corps. So then I went and talked to the Army guys, I was like, I do not want that, went to the Navy recruiting office, and it was like, a, it was like people everywhere is loud, and I didn't like it, and I was like, I don't want anything to do with the Navy. So, long story short, kept going back looking for this Air Force guy. Never was there. Same, same for this current era of time we're in. Air Force recruiters are never around. <laughs> so, long story short, this Marine Corps guy got me in, and uh, 
I'll never forget it. So uh, I just worked him down. I worked him to the boat. He goes, you want to be a Marine? I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> and then uh, he goes, well, I need you. I need to hear you. I need to hear you say it. After we started doing the paperwork and everything. Because I need to hear you say, I want to be a Marine. I was like, I, I don't know if I'm sure. I don't think I want to be a Marine. He goes, well, I can't sign you up. I was like, well, I'll talk to you later then. And I came back another day. He's like, I need, to, I need to hear you say, I want to be a Marine. And I was like, I, I think I'm ready. Good enough for me. Sign here. <laughs> was, so, that, was that part of what was needed back that, then? That was. Really? Even to this day. You it, have to say, I want to be a Marine. You got to say, I'm ready to be a Marine. Really? And once the recruiter hears you say that, He'll sign your enlistment and you go off to basic training. And then that's when all the fun began. Really, really. So uh, what did you think of Marine Corps boot camp in the 90s? Oh, it was hilarious. I went in 94. <laughs> I was under old Slick Willie, Bill Clinton. And, uh, <laughs> From my neck of the woods, Arkansas. Oh, oh Arkansas, <laughs> Mr. Sam Walton. Boy, I didn't know who the hell Walmart was until Bill Clinton became president. Long story. But uh, <laughs> So, yeah, I go to the Marine Corps. I got a ton of stories uh, out of all my... My time, I've done a Marine Corps, Army, Air Force, and I'm gonna tell you right now, the best training I've ever received out of any service I've participated with, by far, no question, Marine Corps. <laughs> so uh, you uh, you missed the Marine Corps any? You missed the Army any? Um, well, you know the Marine quality I'm, of life in the I'm Air, Air Force, Force is now. Uh, I got 23 years total between all three, and uh, Air Force has has a good. Basically, like I was told back in the 90s, Air Force is like a 95, 95 job. Marine Corps is going to teach you how to kill people, how to how to save your buddies and all this good shit. And you can take that with you the rest of your life. And you're going to hate it. You're going to fucking hate every minute of it. But uh, the Air Force is a, is a bunch of sissies, I'll be honest with you. It's a bunch <laughs> of sissies. I'm in it. I can speak to that. But, you know, when I go to the gate and I see a dude... Uh, with gold sunglasses and yep. mirror tint, and I question that, and he he laughs in my face. To me, that is an insult. When I see a full bird colonel, 06, working the gate with his soft patrol cap on a holiday weekend, to me, that is not acceptable. I don't want to see that. So, uh, what's the uh, what's your logic as far as the issue with a colonel working the gate? As far as his uh, just his position, you think that it's it's an airman thing? That well, they I know why they did it. They do it for morale. Oh yeah, yeah my guys, do. I'm going to give my guys off. I'm going to work this this whole gate for 12 hours and just show them that I can. Why? Why do? We, why are we paying a colonel that kind of money to do that? Yeah, I agree. That is some bizarre crap. So the first time I saw a full bird colonel in the Air Force unloading bags off an airplane. It was bizarre to me. You'll never see that in any other branch of the military. You just won't, only in the Air Force. And to me, if that colonel has that kind of time, he ain't busy enough. Well, see, you know, I think that it's different types of leadership styles. Um, I think that there's a lot that's, di obviously there's a lot that's different between the Marine Corps, the Army, and the Air Force, because I was stationed with the Navy and Marines two bases ago. I've worked with the Army. And I'm inclined to agree with you to a certain degree, but I also do think that there are different types of leadership styles. So Marine Corps, like let's say you had a mold in front of you, right? And you had Play-Doh and you're trying to mold this character, right? Marines are slamming that thing down, tossing it out and getting the next one in, right? Immediately, as soon as possible. Well, whenever you look at that clay mold, you're gonna see rough edges around it. You're gonna see a sort of rough type of leadership. And with Air Force leadership, it's more, it is softer, it absolutely is. 
and whenever you're talking about colonels uh, like working the gate or you know grabbing bags, I'm not saying that I necessarily agree with working the gate, um, but it is it's a different type of leadership style. It's like it's more of a community involved. Um, we're trying to keep you in for retainability, um, uh, showing a different type of leadership style because you know leadership kind of varies amongst people. Trying um, to show they're accessible. Yeah, ex- yeah, and and. I kind of agree with that to an extent. Um, it's just it's a different type of leadership, and uh, it, it, well, it is, and it's also that leadership comes with the culture, and what you're noticing is the culture. So the Marine Corps and the Army started in the same year. Uh, Navy was a little bit before that, I believe. Air Force didn't start till 1947. True. Yep. We came off of the Army Air Corps, and uh, so we are the newest, aside from the Air Space Force now. I'm not going to be started on that. But uh, no, let's get you started on that. <laughs> what do you think of the space force? Well, you know, I, I want to be a part of that. You know, so a buddy of mine, he used to be cross-eyed, and uh, he showed <laughs> me his old cross-eyed picture. He had the surgery; his eyes are straight now. <laughs> and he goes, "Hey, man, you think this would be a good Air space force recruiting commercial?" And I was laughing. I was laughing so hard. I'm like, that. that is the perfect Space Force commercial right there. <laughs> Your cross-eyed ass off in there looking all cross-eyed. All I'm this bad for. So, I honestly, I mean, doesn't the Air Force already do the space program? I'm confused. So, uh, the Air Force does handle the space program, but what I think that the space program, they're realizing that it's a new frontier that we have now are developing the technology to be able to explore. You know, because uh, years ago, the, the, uh, to be able to make it to Mars, we were talking years years time frame now we're at six months of being able to make it to mars five to six months right and so that's something to think about and as technology evolves it's going to multiply tenfold as far as as far as the um the technology that's existing you guys getting some alcohol I still have yeah some. no worries I, 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 alcohol <laughs> um and so i i think that the way the air force is viewing it as a new frontier to where they're going to be able to mobilize and have a unit um that is going to be able to explore space or be able to dominate the space because as humans grow and we develop all we're going to keep wanting is more and more and more and more and what is infinite space and so as technology grows i think that that's where the possibly in the next you know 500 years if this technology grows we could be having battles in space now it may be unfathomable right now but we really may be in a star wars type of era and so i think that that's the air force's fix to it is they want america to be around in 500 years which at the rate it's at right now it may not happen but in 500 years um you know they may they may be looking at something where we could be dealing with something in space you want to get that cool so yeah what's your thoughts on it so the space force uh, we'll have to see where it goes. I don't think I'll be around. I'll retire before that thing takes off and does anything. Oh, absolutely. But uh, I know during the uh, the last administration, they kind of did away with the whole space team thing and the, with NASA. NASA, and they're throwing that up contract. It seems like they're bringing it back now. And the space force is kind of doing that, and uh, you know, we got to look at China. China's a, a giant empire. Over there. They got tons of money. They owe no, they have no debt, and that's that's where the space force is coming after that kind of stuff. So we're, we want to be supreme, and we want to be a leader in all that stuff. We want to be a leader in everything, and I think we're doing a pretty good job. Uh, so we'll just have to see where it goes. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting era of the United States military. Um, very cool, but uh, but yeah. So, uh, what are these cigars that we have right now? So, 
What is okay, this? Cause so, uh, you had a little story with it. So we're smoking these Flor de Amari, which is a, uh, a blend of uh, a Don Pepin Garcia, uh, which is, he makes the My Fathers and a bunch of other good smokes. I don't think I've ever had a bad smoke from him. But actually, I believe it was 2005, I was in Scottsdale, Arizona with my brother at a uh, cigar event. Which brother? Mark. My brother Mark, my oldest brother. Shout out to Mark. Shout out. <laughs> what up, Mark? Uh, he's a culinary artist. Oh, but, and uh, he was the one who made those... Uh, those he, he made the rub for the this tri-tip. Uh, tri-tip we had. Yeah, tonight. so guys, we had this delicious tri-tip earlier that his brother made, and he also made one himself. Killer. So fucking good. So good. Delicious. So easy to make. I mean, I tell you, you can live off of it. <laughs> so easy when Mark makes it. Yeah. <laughs> what <laughs> happened when whenever the, you uh, made chef it? chef makes it. It's real simple. I mean, I thought the salt was great on yours. I thought it was pretty oh, delicious. Great. I'm not going to lie. I really did. I thought I'm it was a, great. I'm a huge salt fan, though. Me too. I think so I made a good one. <laughs> made a good one. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so we go to the cigar event, and uh, this old dude was wearing like a bowling shirt, and he rolled his cigar right in front of my face and gave me a few, you know, some free swag, if you will. I believe, like I said, 2005. Long story short, years go by, I stay in with the cigar deal, and that person in that bowling shirt was 83 years old at the time, and that was Don Pepin Garcia. And he's that the guy who made these. The man, the myth, the legend, and this is his company. His children are running the company now, uh, and it's pretty, pretty exotic to have a story like that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, that's a one-of-a-kind type of a thing. Yeah, very humble, very humble guy. And now this he has... Guy? That's the one. Really? Sure, just like that. Had some designs on it. Very cool. Is he still alive? Uh, it says that he... Since 1950 Yeah, he's still alive. Wow, he's very still cool. smoking them every day, I bet. So if he was... If, if he was 84 in 2005, Jesus. He's over 100 now. That's mm-hmm. insane. Oh, no, he's 99. He said he was born in 1950. Oh, 1950. Okay. Cool. Maybe awesome. he's just trying to hype himself up to sound cool better. So how old is he right now? He would be 70. 70 now? Yeah. You said he was the 80s. <laughs> he tricked you. Okay, so he's only 70. <laughs> so obviously he wasn't 83 back then. Very cool. That's still an awesome ass story. But Carolyn, why you got a fact check? <laughs> that's my job. No, no, I'm just kidding. That's that's a really cool story. So where did you get these cigars from? Did you just pick them up at the BX so, or something? No, actually. No, hell no, I would never do that. They, the, the cigars they sell at all the BXs, they're all old, and it's like smoking a piece of pie straw. So it's dried out. No, there's many places. You know, the, the brick and mortar mom and pop stores all over uh, is a good place to start if you want to get into cigars. They'll steer you in the right <coughs> Shit. No, don't inhale. Yeah, I didn't mean to. I was, trying to I, was, I was trying to get it started again. <laughs> and so I just we, we could do a podcast out. on exactly what a cigar is made out of and how to smoke it and what to look for. Like that whole wrapper's coming apart. Really interesting. There. Yeah, absolutely. This is falling apart. Yeah, it started. It started peeling its leaves. What happened to the little thing that hold, What's this thing called? That's just the ring. Well, his fell off. Is that why it's falling Well, no, I, he either took it off. I usually take him off. Yeah, I did. I took mine off because it was getting in the way of my mouth. It, it helps. Yeah. See, I'm an uncultured swine whenever it comes to cigars because I smoke out of a pipe. Because I have, I have this buddy. His name is Wes Schultz. Um, we were in the Air Force together, and he's a canine handler now. And when, whenever I first arrived uh, to active duty, he showed me these uh, these pipes, and now he makes them by his hand, by hand. 
Um, and he got me into pipe smoking, and so I actually have some tobacco in the truck. I have my own pipe, all sorts of stuff. It smells just like chocolate. It's not really okay for women to smoke a pipe, is it? Is that a thing? It's well, more, I've seen, you know, like more Are you talking yeah. like that's more of a masculine thing yeah. to do? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I guess I could see that. I can't really say I've ever seen a woman. You think of like your grandpa smoking out of a tobacco or pipe, pie. falling asleep. Yeah. Or snowman. Absolutely. No, I don't think I've ever met a, a female that smoked a pipe, but well, I've met quite a few. Bowls are different, it's not, but you know, it's not smoked a bowl. Yeah. <laughs> With the white gloves. <laughs> hey, I have a pair of leather gloves out there. I use she it for does. my job interview. So <laughs> she has her hand tattoo, right? And so she went for her job interview. And the way that we were covering it up was, since it's coronavirus, we were using that into full oh, effect. So we had her wear... Gloves? No, she no, wore leather, leather like these black leather gloves. Mm -hmm. And uh, she like ended OG, up... OG type? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If, it, if it does not fit, you must acquit. Now, let me tell you something. There's only one person that killed those people that night, and it was him. But I oh, apologize. Yeah. We're picking up some wind since we are no, in the no, desert. No, no, no. It's no big deal. Um, so it's if a the dry users, wind. yeah, if the, if the users hear like a, a waving, that's what it is. Yeah, no stress. Um, yeah, it's not me breathing on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Got mouth breathers over here. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, that's pretty awesome though. So yeah, you guys were up in Utah, right? Mm -hmm. How was that? How was that trip? A lot cooler than it is here. Absolutely. So there was a water. There a lot was. Of pines, uh, so let me talk about camping. Ooh. So, when I go camping out here in the west, and even in the east, at the national parks, I see a few people here and there camping, but when it comes to the, hmm, should I go there? It's probably offensive. No, 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 who, who cares? Let's hear it. What, what I've noticed about the Hispanic types is they, they don't just go with a family, they go with family or four or five. So they take they over, and, and I don't have a problem with that at all. In fact, I like that. I like that, and I, I'd like to see more of that. But we definitely experienced that this weekend. Now, they're, they're peaceful. They don't bother anyone, and they're very helpful and respectful, and you can learn a lot from them. But um, I've just noticed that everywhere I go. As far as, like, uh, the, them coming in groups? Yes. So that there was actually, I've, I've noticed that because I live down in Texas, and they actually play it out really smart because what they end up doing is, is uh, a whole a whole group of them tends to be a family or a whole group of friends. They come together, right. and they live in they live in one house, right. and they they pay off that house, and it's like a pool of money they that they, and they they do that for each individual that lives in that household. The same thing is for Korean business owners. Uh, Korean business owners, what they'll do is is they'll all start off at like one candy shop or something like that. They'll pay off all the debt to whatever the bank is, and then whoever is the next family member in line who who uh, is in line to get a business, they'll do the exact same thing, and then they'll each pay off e each other's debt. They'll put a pool of money in, and they'll pay off that debt. So it's really interesting. You see the same thing in uh, the Hispanic community. So it's very cool. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. I think it's great. I, I do. People awesome. get together I think and it's enjoying awesome. each other's company, and they're probably not seeing a lot of other people outside that. And, and they get to get out there, and I see it a lot, and I experience a lot, and I always interact with these folks, and they're really great, humble folks, and they get out there, and they're, they're actually experiencing this stuff. And I just wish uh, more people would do that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's one thing that I was seeing with COVID-19 is I was seeing a lot more people, and I thought that it was going to be a huge plus, and it, so far it has been, is I've seen more people getting out and being more active, living a better lifestyle, but also, you know, then... Um, 
we see things that are going on in like California or, um, you know, and I hate knocking on the, the left, but the hard left cities, you know, where they're mandating people to stay inside and there's cops that are issuing citations, they're shutting down businesses. And, you know, I think that we, we as a country, there's a lot we can learn and we can take. We, I, there's I a do. lot there's a yeah. lot of positives and negatives, and we need to look at things from a subjective lens. If more, if more people would, would be willing to go out and do these things, I think they appreciate this country a, a lot more than, than most people. Well, I can speak from living in uh, downtown Atlanta. It's, um, you know, it, it can be a little daunting, even as somebody who's not afraid to go out and not afraid to. I mean, I go to work every day. We sit in our cubicles. We are spread out more than six feet. But, you know, even walking to the park and just what you're going to anticipate, you know, on the street, you don't know who's going to come up to you, whether they're going to be wearing a mask or not. There's not going to be people out there watching um, who's coming up to you. You have to be ready, you know, like, it's not like just driving to the mountains and going out into the woods and camping. It's like, even when you're sneaking off to the, you know, park and you're trying to get there, it's like, how do you get there in a safe way? Absolutely. And what have you seen in the bigger city um, as far as... In the bigger city, I see, a, I, I see a lot of people doing the right thing, which is, in my opinion, you know, everyone should just wear a mask just to be as safe as possible. Yes. And everyone should spread out and be, you know... See, that's how Carol Ann feels as well. Um, interestingly enough, you know, I actually kind of have an opposing view to that, if, yeah. you, if you don't mind. Okay. Um, so it's, um, it's, it's more along the lines of I do actually view that as more of a right. Um, I believe that it's an individual's choice um, to be able to decide what it is that they want to do. Um, I understand the mask wearing because take my wife, for example. Um, she has a TBI and epilepsy, and whenever she gets sick, her threshold for her epileptic uh, symptoms rises because her body's fighting another disease. I don't have asthma, and this is a respiratory virus. Yeah, and, and so, so I just, I saw it. Yeah, absolutely. What they call a compromised immune system. Say again? I am immunocompromised, yes. They're, they're considering a compromised immune system. Absolutely. Um, and so I wear a mask, but I wear a mask based off of what the threat is. So like right now in this closed-knit setting, I know where I've been, I know where she's been. Yeah, been and you guys have twice within the past yeah, two weeks. Exactly. I mean, but it's still kind of like sleeping with somebody without a condom. I mean, you never know for sure. Yeah, that's an interesting. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, no, 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 no that's I, honestly, it's, it's a, like a good all point. Of the trust kind of situations. Like, I promise you, I really was being very careful. Okay, were you? All it takes know. is one time. <laughs> exactly. That's right, and all of a sudden, uh, it just burns. <laughs> um, my dad brought up a really good point about the mask wearing. Is if, let's say, the mask do cause an issue, worst thing you're doing is wearing a mask. But best case, it could be protecting you from the virus. Well, yeah. The the mask doesn't take away your breathing. That's well, the, it, it why does. do surgeons do it it's for over 12 hours every surgery? Just, yeah, just, just do it. See, if I have to wear a mask to go to Costco or Trader Joe's or to work, I do it. When I'm but in my car, I take it you, off. You were doing oh, it I love you wanted people. to be safe around your son. You wanted to do the right thing. Well, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't, I'm not a sheep, so, but I know how to take precautions. I know how to be cautious, and so... If I have to wear a mask, I'll wear a mask. It's not going to hurt me. Yeah, absolutely. And that's how I feel on it. Um, but I don't, I, what I've seen is, is like a lot of people who are getting angry at people who aren't wearing masks. And so I kind of get why they're upset, but also at the end of the day, who are you to tell anybody anything? You know, I, I understand, I understand the concept. Exactly. And you know, there are diseases that can be transmitted through, through or not transmitted, that can be created um, through wearing a mask yeah, uh, through you a long period. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's like excessive. Exactly. Every day you gotta wash it. <clears throat> absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I, I put ours in Dawn soap and we yeah. wash yeah. it and stuff like that. Yeah. Let it hang out here in the, the sunlight, the sunlight, the UV rays will kill most of that. Yeah, I think it's at eight, it's at like 85 degree temperature or direct sunlight and it's done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think of this whole COVID-19 thing? I mean, what do you guys What are you guys' thoughts on it? Do you guys I mean, think that it was because of an election year? Do you think it was man-made? What do you guys think? You know, because I'm just throwing stuff out there as to what your opinion is. Was this? this was about three, four years ago that I went there in the summer. It was hot. It was would so hot been, you couldn't really, couldn't really do much. You know, I didn't even think about July, everybody consuming a drink of alcohol. It was too hot to drink. Okay. <laughs> too hot to do anything. So what do you think about the situation that was happening in Hong Kong? It's just really scary. I mean, because you were there, so. Absolutely. Just, so, what was your exposure whenever you saw um, that on the news? What, 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 and also, what were you? What was it like while you lived there? Did you feel like you were more in a police state? I was just there for you know about uh, you know like ten or fifteen days max, and we were not in the best area of town. But I didn't feel, you know, even though it wasn't a very nice area of town, nobody um, approached you. No one asked you for anything. No one, you know, I live in Midtown Atlanta, and people approach you constantly, ask you for things. They're always, you know, trying to. You know, talk to you about their lives and this and that. Especially during COVID, it's really different because you know people are approaching you without a mask or with a mask or whatever. And it's just you know, and, and sometimes you get kind of I don't know what's the term when you when you, when you get used to things uh, desensitized. Gotcha. Okay. You know, you get desensitized when you live in a place for a long time, and every time you walk out your door, Complacent. somebody says, somebody says. Can I, I don't want money, and you're like, okay, you know? Yeah. And I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be that person. I want to look at people. And I feel like with the mask, like, we actually look into each other's eyes now. Mm -hmm. You look at people, and, and you see people walking down the street, and some of those people are like, they haven't walked out of their house in maybe like a month. Yeah, you absolutely. You can see that in their eyes. You can see that in their faces. 
you smile at them, but they don't know you're smiling because <laughs> they can't see it. You know, we don't want to smile with our eyes because that might give us gross wrinkles. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But really, I mean, it's just it's just such a different life. Well, I, I don't think humans are, are supposed to be living like in quarters so close. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a good idea. Even during the Spanish flu, supposedly that really started at Fort Riley, Kansas. A bunch of GIs got sick, went over to Europe, and that's how it spread. And you can talk to many, uh, many historians and many theorists about that, and you can look at the history on all that. But I'm pretty sure that's where that started, and that was worldwide. That went all the way across the globe. Absolutely, and, and it, it killed. Yeah, it killed. It killed. So you see three spikes in uh, the early 1900s, the mid 1900s. As you see World War One, you see the Spanish influenza, and then you see World War Two. And people forget, and they do, they don't realize how many people the, the Spanish flu killed. And that was a globe. That was a legitimate pa- uh, global pandemic. You know, because right now we're dealing with, and I, I, that's what confuses me. How are we dealing with a pandemic whenever the flu kills more people than this COVID-19 situation? Gotcha. At 99.6 or 99.93% survival rate, yes. It's at a 2.7% just from the CDC yesterday of mortality. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so you pulled that off the CDC. Really? So I had saw one where it was 99.63. Um, but I think the scariest part about this whole thing is who it attacks the yeah. most. And that's like all of our parents. Absolutely. All of our grandparents. And, and, and all the young people who don't get it and don't have the symptoms. And those are the ones who their grandparents you asymptomatic know, home, and those are the ones and, you know you don't want to just knock off the entire older population of your country yeah I mean those are the ones that know what the hell to do with what's going on with life in general those are the ones we look up to our elders the ones we're supposed to respect mm-hmm. you know we've got to be careful and I, I we have to be careful of those people and even as a historic historic can't even say it Historian? Yes. You see more like older people giving their insight and so that kinda affects your job in a way of them not being able to tell their their past. Like you were saying recently that you were looking at places in Indiana. That's where I'm from and literally in the name it's Indian. Like right. it's a lot of what without that and a lot of Native Americans they're experiencing like because they live on top of each other Very and they Yeah, and they're experiencing a lot of higher COVID deaths than because they are so close like that. And that was the issue with Italy is because they have yeah. the they have the highest generation to generation living together. So the great grandparents live with the, the grandkids and the parents. So whenever the kid was getting sick, the grandparents were getting sick. And and that's where I kind of wanted to take it over to you because you're a little more well spoken and you have you're more of a like a theorist whenever it comes to this out of the from what we've talked about. So from what I've seen as far as theories go people are saying that there's a possibility that this was a man-made disease. Now, I'm not saying that that's true. I don't know how I feel about that because I'm not educated enough. Um, And by our older generation being taken out who mainly vote right, people are saying that since it's an election year that the goal is to take out the main poll of voters who vote right so that they could have a left-wing vote. What are your thoughts on that, Johnny? Well, if you... (laughs) So, a lot of this craziness that was going on in New York State where they made... The governor said, send all these sick people to these retirement homes where all these old folks are. Mm-hmm. All these old people, just they don't even know how many died. And that's sad. It just took them all out. It took a lot. Thousands, thousands of these old retirees did World War II, World War One, even. And they just, they couldn't take it. They just all died. So it's very sad. 
Uh, so one one theory is, you know, these people, the, 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 the left types, these Marxist types are so hell-bent on, on power struggle and, and they wanted to just take out all of the the, the history. They're trying to work on taking out all the history, take out, kill all the old people, take down all these these uh, statues of the Confederate soldiers and, and all this stuff. And, and I don't think the people that are protesting even know the history on a lot of this. So, it, it, it's... You can't it's, get rid of the monuments. I mean, you may want to move them from the middle of downtown so that people feel comfortable, but they need to be stored somewhere. But, where the people can go and they can yeah. look at them. You can't take it down. You can't take it. You I mean, can't. I mean, you can't completely annihilate. I mean, look at it Europe. It depends on Europe. each one is an individual thing. I mean, they are all part of our history. Yeah, absolutely. They're all interesting. They're all. Some are funded from. You know, it just depends on where they were funded, and each one is so different. I just feel like. So you think it's gone a little too far as far as removing the statues well, because don't just go smash every statue without you know cause thinking about yeah. where they came from this or that like let's be let's be premeditated let's think about it. let's let's be careful let's not just destroy things so that we don't learn from the past but that we put them somewhere where the people can go and they can research and they can look and they can have you know things that explain exactly who paid for it where it came from who are these people that died these people that may have fought in different things, you know, they were boys. They, they they didn't have a lot of choices. I mean, they are living, they, they are buried in these places. You can't just displace these people. So, I mean, you know, I'm from the South. I'm sure I have relatives that are, you know, that were Confederate in the Confederacy. I, I know of the ones that were in the Revolutionary War. I don't know the exact lineage, and I'll figure that out before I die at some point. Mm-hmm. But, like, all of this needs to be, it can't just be destroyed. It has to be, it has to be looked at. It has to be tracked. It has to be, you know, there for people to learn from so that we don't just keep repeating stupid things over and over. So as a, from a historian's perspective, you're saying that it's important that the younger generations can directly view history as it took place yes, before they arrived. Yes, I get it. Like if I, 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 I am not another person, but I am an empathetic person on as many levels as I can try to be. That's important. And I, I'm not saying that I can understand completely, but all I can say is that, you know, uh, I want people to be able to know look at things and understand things and, and not just be trashed and forgotten about and, and all that I wouldn't want to be an african-american person or a person of African or a black person from the United States maybe you're from the Caribbean or wherever I wouldn't want to go into a main street where you've got some huge confederate I get that like, yeah you know looming over you like I, I understand that as though completely. they were I, as though they're still idolized through right. it through the expansion uh, of the you mind would, you would yeah. always feel like an outsider and I understand that yeah. You know, I taught a lot of kids over the years, and I understand that, you know, growing up in that kind of situation, you would never feel quite, you know, like this was your home. It would always feel like, what is going on here? I don't understand. And it would cause anger. It would cause frustration. Um, but at the same time, people putting all this effort into making things and doing these things, I don't think they should just be crushed and forgotten about and never, you know, recorded they need to be put somewhere and for people to be able to go through them on some level i don't know what the answer is but i know that they don't want to just be you know smashed and forgotten about forever absolutely and i i agree with you wholeheartedly you know i I feel like um it the same principalities apply whenever it comes to concentration camps there's a reason why they still have them because they want people to bear witness to the atrocity that took place it's so intense i mean walking through alcatraz is just like you know seeing the pictures on the wall the people when they came in 
seeing the changes in their faces, the way they looked, I mean, it's just insane. Yeah, absolutely. To see what happened to their bodies over, you know, over the course of two months. It's, it's really, it's heartbreaking it's because, so you know, scary. humanity has the capability of being really cruel. And that Absolutely, and people that that was just one people, one person ago. If you you know, if you think about it in the most simplified terms possible, that was just one person ago. And so I'm inclined to agree with you wholeheartedly whenever it comes to the statue situation. I feel like it's really important, not only a part of American history but of world history, to look at slavery in a subjective light and an objective light. Um, so yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, whenever I first started hearing about them tearing down statues, I didn't really know how I felt about it because I'm young. You know, I'm only 25 years old, and so I'm trying to figure out all this stuff. And so that's why I speak to people who have the wisdom and the knowledge that you guys have because you have an incredible view, you have an incredible view, and your education is incredible. And so that's why I try to speak with to people because you're a historian. Like, I, I've, I think I've only talked to two historians my entire life. And um, I, I didn't know how I felt about them tearing down the the, the uh, statues, and I kind of agreed with it well, at it first, but I was uneducated. It makes people, you know, it makes people look at things in a whole different way when something really intense happens. I mean, they, what is it that they say uh, for the uh, breakthrough? There's a breakdown. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you don't get people's attention if you're just like, hey, let's get rid of this statue. Hey, let's hey, let's throw red paint all over the statue and just smash it to bits. That's really going to get people's attention, and it does. I get that, but at the same time, it's like. Absolutely. There's so many facets to it. So, so it's so complex. There's so many layers. It's hurting so many people's feelings. So many people, on so many different levels, just you know, have to kind of step back and say, okay, this isn't about me. This isn't even about anything that I can do a whole lot about, except for look at it from someone else's point of view. And um, you know, people who descend from people who were part of it. I mean, it's so hard because there's. Still here. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's a really challenging concept, and that's why I think it's really important to have conversations like this because we we may be able to figure something out. Maybe somebody who has another piece of the puzzle listens to the podcast and says, "Hey, maybe this will work." I have an idea, yeah. and you know, so that's why it's, I feel like it's so important to have conversations because maybe we can slowly build a piece of the puzzle together. None of us are figuring out. <laughs> He's smoking your cigar. Johnny, what do you think? What do you think as far as the statues? Well, I'll tell you, man, I, I really don't know how I feel about that. Totally, I don't, I do not agree about how they're doing it. They're going around demanding we tear them down the statue. I don't agree with that at all. There's a reason they're there. Mm -hmm. Let's look at why they're there, when they were put there, you know, how much it costs, all kinds of stuff. At the end of the day, it's art. Yeah, it is. And there's a lot of people that like art in this country. So, a lot of the people that are saying, let's tear this down. Johnny, it's about what the art stands for. Exactly. exactly. Well, well, let's just let's just inform people and educate people. Uh, I mean, I grew up in Virginia, and I, I would go through Richmond, mm -hmm. and there was all kind of statues. And it was just a part of life. I never, the thought never occurred to anyone back then, let's tear this down. Yeah, because it didn't offend you. If it was offensive to you, it would be a different story. You wouldn't. But why is it all of a sudden offensive to people? It's not all of a sudden offensive. It's offensive it's because offensive, people yeah. are coming from a different background than you are or that I am or that other people are. And they're just saying, hey, this doesn't make me feel comfortable. I don't want to shop downtown. I don't want to be local if people, if I walk in and I just feel like an outsider. This is my own home. Yeah, and, and yeah, but where did that just come from? All that just came out of the woodwork. Come 
it's more from social media is becoming more of a bigger thing so it's getting out more versus 20 years ago when social media it still offended people the confederate flag still but then you didn't know how many people at that time were actually offended and united under the same thoughts that you had exactly is what you're saying yeah so now that we have a social experience in life is totally different yeah absolutely absolutely well if you look at history and I love I love history every race on this planet at some point in time in history was a slave Every single race on this planet, at some point in time, was enslaved. For example, let's talk about World War II. So Germany goes over there, and they take over Poland. Who do you think rebuilt Europe when Germany was running things and destroying and killing people all over? It wasn't Americans. It was mostly Polish people, Hungarians. Europeans. The German Empire took over and said, all right, we took over your country. You're going to rebuild all this. You're going to rebuild all these know, weapons Germany's of mass destruction. Say, so, you know, those people I mean, were enslaved. All types of people have had slaves. In yeah, let's, 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 let's go back farther. Native Americans. They would go out and they would take out other tribes and take their, kill the, kill the warriors, take the women and children, and put them inside the tribe. And it just happens. These things happen. No one's and, really and I, I completely agree. Is I, that I, everyone was a slave at one point. I, I, I haven't seen it. I completely agree with the fact that, that that is just how society worked at one point in time. Is It was just whoever is strongest and mightiest gets right. the claim. And I think that people do lose sight of the historical value in that. Um, and I think that it does manipulate a little too much of what's taking place socially right now. I agree that the, that something should be done with the statues. I'm not saying they should be destroyed, but something I, I'm more along the lines of what you said. Picked up, put in a museum for youth to look at and say, we will never become that again. But also, I, I, I'm inclined to agree with you also, as I, I do believe that people are holding on to things that mentalities as the human mind has evolved from things that took place in the 16, 1700s as far as the way we conquered, um, if that makes sense. Um, but, you know, like I said already, I, I really don't think anybody is going to have a full picture. And hopefully this conversation will assist. Um, it's just we live in a crazy-ass time right now. Very strange. Very strange. Super challenging time. I mean, just, you know, it didn't used to be a big deal just to go get groceries and to, you know, get things. I mean, we're super lucky that we can even still get whatever we need. I mean, when all this happened, I got into serious... Oh, let me save seeds. Let me freeze this. Let me do that. Like, what if we couldn't get anything? We can still get pretty much what we need. Yeah. We just have to be really careful about it. It could be worse than that, you know, at some point in life. Like, it just makes you really think about how you want to live your life for the rest of your life. But what do you want to be ready for? What kind of situations are could possibly happen in our lifetime? Doomsday preppers. My parents are in their 80s, and they never expected this kind of thing ever happen. In a modern America, yeah. No. You know, and they're fine with it. They just went about their lives and just did their own thing and, you know, enjoy their life every day and go to the grocery store, you know, once every couple of weeks and whatnot. Now they just have to go at 7 in the morning. Yeah, whenever there's <laughs> yeah. not all the crazies out. They, yeah, they have this specific senior. So, but, I mean, it's just really different. I mean, it's scary, but at the same time, it's still doable. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And I hope it really does allow people to self-reflect and look back. Well, how do I really want to live my life? Do I want to live my, as you were saying earlier, I don't think it's healthy for people to live on top of one another. I think that's a really dangerous thing. And I mean, if you look statistically, that's where diseases start out. They start out in these, in these communities where there's millions of people piled right on top of one another. They're breathing the same air. They're drinking the same water. They're not washing their hands. Exactly. Like we do now. Like we, we are, we're standing away from each other. We're slowing down. Everybody yeah. was so busy. Everyone's so crazy. Why was, why was everyone yeah. driving to work all the time? Like half of us could have stayed home half the week. We could have alternated. We could have had like different things. We could have actually shopped more locally. We could have actually gone to the state parks. We could have done a lot of these things. But it's like now we're being forced to do it. And I think it's actually kind of nice to just be able to slow down. I 100% I mean, agree. It's horrible the things that have happened oh, yeah. to other people, of course. And that, you know, but at the same time, it's like kind of made us all stop and think about you know, our elders and just really like how much we respect them and being careful because I think a lot of people may not have really spent enough time with those people. Absolutely, and I, I do think it is important for Americans to slow down because I mean we spend our entire lives working for that money mm-hmm. and the, the COVID has allowed people for the last five months, I mean if you were really looking at it in a tactful way you really had an opportunity to experience a lot if you look at it through the right lens um, by seeking out information from your elders because now is a better time than ever to go visit your grandparents as long as you're staying safe you know because they have nothing going on you have nothing going on you know talk about life talk about the things that are going on talk to your community leaders I mean I don't know it's just my poor grandma she's she's in a nursing home so nobody's allowed to go visit her and you can just see all the life drained out of her because she can't get that social well, she has dementia pictures. as well. Well, yeah, she's she's in a nursing home for a good reason. But even just not getting that social interaction with my aunt who goes visit her every... She was going every day. She can't even... She has to talk to her through a window. She, my grandma legitimately looks like a zombie. She does not look healthy. So they need that social, especially with dementia like that. I mean, it's so hard. Even if we want to pretend like we're not. Absolutely. It really changes everything. You try to live your life in this very routine, structured situation and then someone walks in and knocks on the door and everything changes and it's really good for you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think it's really important. And we live in a very unique time in American history. We live in a very unique time in world history. Um, uh, I just, I don't, I don't understand where, and this is where I come to Johnny a lot and I talk to him is, you know, is the, do you think that this is politically bla- based, based off of an election year? Do you think that this is man-made? What are your thoughts on that? Can I add something really quick? Yeah. I need to correct myself. Um, it's at 0.4%. I don't know where I got the two from. That's still almost 100,000 more than the flu deaths every year. And Either way, less than at a 99.63% you know, survival rate, I'm not sure if shutting down an entire country is feasible. We've seen small, and I said this from the beginning, we have to think about the economical impact to this nation and to the world economy. And I mean, we've seen our, our market go down 32%. 32%, that's a huge number. And we have to think about the economical impact of it. So, so 2010 was SARS, right? This one uh, no, it was like 2006. Yeah, yeah, like three or something, 2003. So what was going on in 2010? That was uh, the swine flu. Yeah, H1N1. That yep. was like 60 million people infected. How many people died? That was a big thing. It seems like every year there's a new virus or some kind of crazy thing going on. Trying to keep us at bay. Trying to governments to spend more money on this and that. Uh, I find it hard to believe that a woman ate a bat and caused this virus. I don't think, I don't think that's too bizarre. 
I think they determined it is from I'm, some sort of animal. I'm inclined to agree with Johnny. I really, I do think that it's a little too bizarre. I mean, I think that I, I don't really see that being a feasible option. Uh, and I, I mean, I, then again, I'm not a scientist, but it just doesn't make much sense. It seems more like something that, in my opinion, I think that it may have been something that was created in a lab. And I think that it was pushed off to the Hong Kong protesters because they start, as we've talked about, they started coming down with a mysterious illness that people couldn't about explain. a year ago. A exactly. In Hong Kong. You're right. And we, and you saw those people getting sick. They were going up for all these tests and none of these people were testing positive for anything that was known to man. And I just thought that that was strange. And I remember paying attention to that then. And then whenever we got in a conversation Kinda a couple weeks quiet. ago. Yep, exactly. So what are your thoughts on it? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, I watched that go down. Um, I was in Minneapolis last year when all this happened. I was watching the, the Hong Kong protests go on day after day after day. And then I remember all of a sudden, all these people were held up in the co college campus and they were s supposedly, it was reported that they were all sick with some kind of flu. And they were spilling out with white towels USA help us inside the college campuses and then it got really quiet and then I remember right around January I started seeing on social media all of a sudden it was weird how it just popped up on Facebook oh my gosh China's building this crazy hospital next to Wuhan it didn't say where and I just watched them day after day just build this giant uh, hospital and I was like that's crazy why are they building that and then all of a sudden Donald Trump said we're shutting it down this crazy COVID things you know attacking people and people are dying we need, to, we need to do something about this and then I find out that that ended up being a, a, a huge hospital supposedly but what I saw in on video footage was college age students being thrown into these uh, hospital cells that you weren't allowed out from the once you were thrown into this and they weren't just put in there they didn't just walk into these cells what I saw what I saw was a, a female screaming and crying and kicking and screaming and males being thrown into these cells four people one person on each leg and, and limb and they were throwing these people into these cells and the only way out was if you opened the door from the outside. They had bars that? on the window, and they had there was no way from from them to get out for them to get out from the inside. And that same that same hospital they were supposedly building. And to me, that is like, why would they do that? What is that? That is more of a containment center. Where did you see these, this video? I saw it on uh, uh, YouTube. I watched the videos. You said this was the hospital that they were... Yeah. That they were building months before COVID took place? It was. And then so... so They you, built it in the middle of nowhere. So, you, you're, uh, so would you say that you are a believer that this is a man-made that was released onto the Hong Kong? And then I believe, spread from there? I believe What, what are that, your thoughts on it? Well, when you look at all the, all the parts, you put all the pieces of the puzzle together, and you see these, these college professors being paid millions of dollars from China to go to China to bring in a team of, of scientists to develop viruses. Now, why would they need to do that? What, what is the purpose of, of people to design viruses? Why do we need to do that? Is it germ warfare? If so, that makes sense to me. And it seems like to me they use some of these germ warfare practices to silence these protesters without doing it like they did in the 60s. Not even in the 60s. You remember when China 
um, I think it was uh, in 90, they, they had the big Hong Kong protests and the tank was driving over the people. You remember all that? Well, China didn't want to deal with that again. I think, I think part of this, for that Hong Kong protest this year, they were just so bent out of shape that these Hong Kong citizens were saying things like, USA help us out. I think, I think the, the uh, Chinese administration was so overwhelmed with that, they had to figure out a way to stomp it out, to choke it out, and I think this is a reason that that happened. Absolutely. And I think it got out of control. So I, I, I agree with you. Um, the one thing that I, I think the possibility why they create viruses is so that they can understand viruses because kind of viruses all have a similar DNA. And so if there's like something that's taking place where they can, because the CDC can almost predict a virus that's going to be pushed out, right, for the flu. And now they're not always right. Matter of fact, they're seldomly right. But if they can study the DNA of a virus, then they can reverse engineer it and figure out a, a, um, a medicine that assists with it. So I think that some of these places, what if there is a possibility that they are trying to do good? But also at the same token, what if they are, what if, they, what if this is the new type of warfare, biological warfare? Um, I mean, I have no clue. I don't have the knowledge on it. But I, I am inclined to agree with you. It's just something always arises on election years. Something's always going on. Um, and I, I, I do vividly remember Hong Kong protesters coming down with this strange illness that wasn't able to be explained, and I just thought that that was strange at the time. And I didn't tie it together until a couple weeks ago where I was like, well, shit, what if that was what they were dealing with was COVID-19? And then one of the people that worked at the hospital ended up spreading that to somebody else, and then it blew up from there. I don't know, you know? So I was actually just reading... Because I'm a very research-based, I like to look up to see if I can find like reputable news sources on things. And the Hong Kong protesters, they did decide that that was the coronavirus and it happened because it was people going from Wuhan to Hong Kong based on that. And then also, I saw what you, this is specifically on the Taiwan news, that they, they that hospital is right outside Wuhan. Sorry, I'm ant. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they, it is like a jail. They wanted to be more like quarantine based, but it literally has like the open doors for flaps that they have in prisons to just shove food in there. So I mean, so basically, what you're saying is, is everything that he just said was pretty well collaborated by what you were seeing from the news articles. I'm then. not making anything up. No, no, no. Anything I said. No, I, I Johnny, Johnny, I we don't. I wasn't. I watched it with my own two eyes. I just I like read, to look and see. She, I can that's find. that's what she does. No. Is that's she's no, trust a tech me. person. So fact check my ass. This was specifically on the and Taiwan news. Tell so. me I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I just saw it. No, absolutely. I think, I, and I remember you bringing that up, and that's why I wanted to have you on here is because I wanted you to be able to speak on these things. Um, and so, yeah. And so l let me ask you something, and maybe you have knowledge on it too because I know you guys are like me and Carol Ann. I'm, I'm more right-wing. I'm a libertarian, but I lean right. She's a libertarian, but she leans left, right? Uh, and so you guys are pretty similar as far as we are. And well, actually, so. we are more similar to you. Um, but uh, <laughs> why, why do you say it that way? Because we're older. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I mean, I, I I don't want you guys to think that like, oh yeah, well he thinks because he has his own podcast or whatever that we, you know, or him or whatever. I wanted You're to be respectful. So respectful, thank you. I appreciate I don't see it. That every day. Okay, very good. <laughs> and um, I wanted to get you guys' opinions on especially yours, because I'm not sure what your knowledge is on it, as far as QAnon goes. So we got in several conversations about QAnon, and I don't know how I feel about it. I kind of think that a lot of it is just a lot of right-wing bullshit where you have these groups of people that just talk out of their ass, and so I wanted to seek out this information. 
And so I went out and I joined all these Facebook groups, started following all these links and all these messages. And what I found was, is a lot of the stuff there, it was, it was a term that's known these days called shit posting. It's just where they post this bullshit and then the right wing people, they eat it up. And what I'm, what I have seen is, is that, and the left wing people are just as guilty at it. Cause it sounds about right. That's what most people do. People post a bunch of shit and then somebody jumps on it, whether it's right or left. That's what I see all the time. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I can tell you this. So I, what are your thoughts on QAnon? Do you think that there's any validity to it? So do you think I, that it's bullshit? I, I didn't know anything about the Q until the, the Corona shutdown. So I started watching these videos and uh, looking into this. And I'm like, wow, this is some pretty bizarre stuff when I'm looking into this. And everything that they, they put out there, they, they always tell you, you know, fact check me. Tell me I'm wrong. I'm not trying to persuade you one way or another. I'm just throwing out the information. And I'll be honest with you. The information's out there. All right? And this is just another method to deliver the information. I don't know if it's true. It makes sense to me. Okay. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Now... I think right now, if, if Joe Biden wins the election, I'm pretty sure this whole COVID thing is going to just disappear. You think so? I think so. And I also think if Trump wins again, uh, I think they'll still beat it up, but I think something else will come out of the way. It's always something. It's always something. And I think that's part of, of the left trying to just win this election. Is they're trying to put that out there so people actually just get fed up with everything. Well, I'm just going to vote with this guy because he seems mellow and uh, it seems like they're just going to get all along. Well, first of all, no one's going to get along. Yeah, that's true. It's always going to be this against that, this, that, and the other. Um, it's always going to be something. This is just the latest thing. Absolutely. Um, but it's very interesting. If you follow the money, uh, it'll answer a lot of the questions. And the knowledge is out there. The information is out there. People just don't want to accept it for what it is. The and why truth, do you think that is? And I think because the truth is so bizarre, people just don't believe it. And that's what I've spoken on, on the podcast is what I, so we have a different exposure than our, our your fiance and my wife does. Military tends to give you a little darker view of the world. It's just part of it. And uh, I think that the average person doesn't realize how absolutely dark the world is that we currently live in based off of the subjective lens that they look through. Because no, It's pretty dark. I think most people either deal with it or they put on blinders okay honestly. in my I, opinion I, mean, yeah. I still dealt with that military lifestyle too yeah I'm it's sorry it's been a few years since I'm, I've been out I'm kind but, of <laughs> but go ahead that. but yeah no, I mean I think a lot of people just ignore so you, so you think that there's like a willful a ignorance as far so. as like just not paying attention to things well it's just you, your hands are tied there's so many things in your life that you can actually control absolutely you know and that's not really hardly anything so, and, and at what at what point do we pay attention, do we start paying attention and start putting our lives on the, like our lifestyle at risk to make change? Well, I mean, at this point, you know, we're all, we can't do anything except for, you know, walk outside of our house with a mask or do what people are saying that we need to do. I mean, it's I think, I think, I think it's a maturity thing. I think as people grow older and they actually, uh, they have goals in life and they start having a decent income and a family life. I think people pay attention to more things like this. But then again, you look at all the young people that are just adamant and just crazy about they need things need to be this way, this way, and this way. And I don't even know if they know anything about history or what's happened in the past. Have they done any research? Yeah. Have they looked into things? I don't know. 
I didn't when I was, I mean, my frontal lobes didn't, do, you know, develop until I was probably 25. 25. Yep. You know, and uh, I'm a girl. Yeah. Not to say anything negative about boys, but I mean, no. I mean, we just drag know, our knuckles. You know, you know, you're, you know you're, it's just statistics. I absolutely agree. But I mean, scientifically like, backed, you guys are I mean, more mature than us. I mean, people are fighting their asses off for certain things, and I don't even know if they know what they're even. So, 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 what's an example of that that you're currently seeing? Well, I just see people just really getting into things, um, you know, all kinds of things in life. You know, as far as um, relationships, you know, having children, changing their sexual assignments before their frontal lobes have developed. I mean, there's all kinds of things out there that people would scream their heads off if I said that they shouldn't do that until they're 25. I'm sure that's a horrible thing to say. And that's but, you know, be careful with your life because this is the one that you get and once you start making major decisions, you're stuck with it. And I appreciate people that have really strong feelings. Convictions. You know, because I was always a kid that was like, yeah, I'm not going to wear this stupid band t-shirt because I'm not going to be stuck with that. Like, a hundred years from now when somebody shows me a stupid picture of me when I was a kid, <laughs> I don't want to be like, yeah, was that, you know, person. Um, but, like, people are so adamant about things when they're young, and I love that they are. I, I totally appreciate that they're doing it, but I wasn't that person. So, is it, so uh, you're speaking... You roughly spoke as far as the transgender community goes. Um, is it okay? Here we go. No, no, I, I need to shut no, up right now. It's totally okay um, if, if it's okay with they you. They can do what they need to do. So, it's fine. I am one of the most open-minded people there could ever be. But at the same time, I'm also very pragmatic at the same time. So it's kind of hard for me. I have to be like, do you, you do you, boo. But at the same time, I'm like, but just be careful. So essentially, what you're, you're logical as far as if science backs something. So if it says that your frontal lobes aren't fully developed, so you cannot make appropriate, fully appropriate decisions until age 25, then yeah, you're I gonna. I never married someone until I was 25. I would never yeah. want to have a kid. You know, I would. I would have tried to wait till. That's my jumping point, at least. Yeah. You know, I never did anything until 10 years later than that. Like that's just me. But I'm just more of a different spirit than others. And, and, and that's, everybody's got their own spirit. Absolutely, and that's how I feel whenever it comes to the transgender community. Is I, um, I, so I used to live right next to the LGBTQ center in Columbia, South Carolina. I'm actually really good friends with the, the former president of it. Uh, I used to attend their meetings, but where I always drew the line is whenever I would see youth in there who were trying to become transgender. It, it's and that's what I was always tried saying. You we know, it, we all have phases. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and wait for that. And just like for us, it was an emo phase whenever we were a kid, where where yeah. we listened to pump rock music and we grew our hair out and we liked the color black you know people grow through these things and that's where I think it's important because whenever you start hacking at your body um, at a young age well, we have to start girls that get the, you know I talked to a girl the other day who said I'm getting a Brazilian butt lift for my 18th that birthday is rough on this is body. a girl at the um, yeah I was just like okay I mean wait you know it just seems like is that how the Brazilian girls I don't know you know, even up into my 30s, everything changed a huge amount. Just course, from spot. exercise or from, you know, Worst hormones or this or that, whatever. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah I think they are looking because they've been driving back behind yeah, here. So I can go by a future. Absolutely. Yeah, no worries. If you want, I'll pause it real quick. Just make sure you write that. Hey, guys. Sorry about that. So as you guys know, we live in the RV park, and uh, we had a 
another visitor that was coming up and he was trying to find his spot on the park. And so me and Johnny just went over there and helped him out real they quick. They always stop where they see the light and people. Yep, every single time. Me and you were just out here a week ago just chatting a week and a half ago and somebody stopped. Hey, you watch them drive up and down, up and down, finally. They, it's, like, it's like a guide thing. They just don't want to ask for directions, but when they do... It's like whenever it comes to instructions of putting things together. It's like, I don't know if I can get Like an Ikea thing or something. Uh, Caroline, don't look at me. (laughs) You are very notorious for that. Um, So, anyways, uh, before my wife was laying down facts. (laughs) um, So, as far as the transgender conversation went, um, I just wanted to touch back up on that. If you don't want to, it's no big deal. Um, But I I do think it's really important that uh, we have to differentiate the, the... the difference between rights and mental illnesses and I think that the the problem with the left right now is that they cater too much to mental illnesses especially at young age and they allow people to manipulate or change their body without without um, like you said earlier frontal lobes fully developing I just want people to wait I mean my yeah. mom used to say something along the lines of um, just wait you can't wait too long and you can wait too long you actually can can wait too long to where you don't get married or you don't have kids you can't you know yeah but just just wait till you you know in my mind like i would just wait i'm not a super impulsive person that's just who i am but yeah i just feel like yeah you know they gave they gave numbers on alcohol cigarettes they should do the same thing there should be a number yeah it should have to do with science absolutely not just an arbitrary number yeah, like the 18 and 21. I've always thought that that was so ridiculous. 18 to smoke cigarettes, 21 to drink alcohol. You should be actually 25 to smoke cigarettes. I, I agree. Because I know when I was a kid, I we used because when I was a kid, you could sneak, and they had those machines. You could you what? Put, you could sneak down to the oh, mall okay. or wherever, anywhere that had those Pool machines. Hall. <laughs> no, no, no. It was in, in the mall by the bathroom. There was one of those machines. You put the dollar, dollar seventy-five in, or it was actually dollar seventeen, and you put it in. How weird! And you just pull the handle. You pull the handle, and the cigarettes come out. And there's no yeah, the one standing there alleys, to ask you how old you are. So you could be that. 10, 12, 14, 15, whatever. You know. So the first time I ever bought cigarettes, I was, you know, under fifteen, probably. My 15. dad was telling me like when he was a kid, because he grew up in the, the early sixties that they used to have their kids just run down yeah, to grab cigarettes for yeah, them yeah for the at the store just be like hey go pick up a pack of cigarettes my dad's like five walking down the convenience store yeah and i always thought that the age limits that they have are super arbitrary i always thought that they should, that everything that you should put a limit on should at least be scientifically backed to the development it's a super of the person addictive thing i mean absolutely cigarettes are as addictive as heroin or more so whatever People are addicted to cigarettes all of a sudden, and they're, you know, 15 and 16 well, years old. Well, you know, during yeah. World War II, they started doing sea rations. They used to throw in a pack of cigarettes. They have and like even Mickey now Mouse with, like, the and vapes and stuff, true. even now with the vapes, and the, if you look at the CDC, there's all kinds of stuff that tells you, like, you know, you with should vapes, not be overdoing it because you, you don't know how much nicotine you're putting in if you continue to... You know, suck on these cigarette things. Well, with, and you're with just those like vapes, a lot of that nicotine. stuff's coming from China. How do we know that the Rona's not coming in those vapes? Oh, come on. But still. Well, they, they proved that it was vitamin E oil that they were putting in the vapes, and you're not supposed to inhale that. That's well, you, why it's they. a certain temperature, you're not supposed to. It turns into formaldehyde on a lot mm-hmm. of these essential oils and things that they're you know, saying is good for you. It's not supposed to get that hot. Really? Because it can really tear your lungs up. See, it's, it's like 
super hot like vapes get to be able to get because they have those down. those metal coils inside there that right. heat it up to turn it from an oil to a vapor mm-hmm. and the thing is it's like oh it's supposed to be better for you you don't know for 20 years absolutely until somebody dies from it somebody that's hardcore like your friend that you don't want to be that you watch do the stupid stuff that's the person you can find out from like well if he's still alive i'm okay absolutely <laughs> and and i thought the same thing whenever because that started getting big and whenever i was in high school you know I guess I spent high school for smoking a vape. So did you really? Yeah, my senior year of high school. Wow, <laughs> I know. For real. Just one I know. day, or two days before spring break, and one day after. So I, I got, just got an, ex- an extended spring break. For I got suspended a from high school by smoking heroin in the bathroom. Shut up. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I just used to shoot it in my arm. Absolutely, <laughs> the clean way. You want pretty yeah. teeth? Yeah. You only snorted. Anyway. You only snorted. <laughs> um, I went to a ritzy high school, so there was. Really, and and but I agree with you though. Whenever it comes to uh, uh, waiting, um, whenever it comes to the cigarettes and stuff, you know, because I was saying this eight years ago. Whenever these guys were smoking these, they looked like massive batteries because they hadn't gotten them <laughs> small yet. Because <laughs> you, you know how everything, whenever it's heavy, it's like yeah, exactly. You could essentially tie a note to it and throw it through someone's <laughs> window if you needed to. Uh, or, okay. No, 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 let's hear it. No, it <laughs> sounds like back in the early 80s when they started coming out with those cell phones, cell phones that were like a Nookies. suitcase. Yeah. Oh, those were pretty cool. It was like a suitcase and they're walking around, hey, I'm cool, look at me. I remember this one girl, she was like, my dad makes me carry this around. I was like, well, at least no, he cares No, no, you, you have know? to carry a cell phone around. Oh my gosh, somebody cares about you. <laughs> what did we do before we had them? The other day I, I left mine from work and I was like, I feel so weird, but it was amazing. It was so Messenger free pigeon. to not have it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Let's send this letter. I tried to send him an email, and he it, it went to his junk because it came junk? from my email. I was from like, is she, which on, I had is she in the car? Accident? Emailed him for you know six months since I've had a new job, and I was like, yeah, I hope you get this. And he never did. It was like a mes- message in a bottle that never showed up. <laughs> that night he goes, "Are you alive?" And I was like, "Check your junk." Gotcha. Yeah. And I was like, it's still yeah. there. Oh, wrong <laughs> joke. Oh, my junk's done. No, not that one. I was like, put your trunk down. It's definitely very junky back there. That is hilarious. <laughs> but no, I, so I'll be honest with you, I did, I did think something was up because I didn't hear from her all day. I He's like, oh on. my God, did I say too many very inappropriate things today? And I'm like, um, not today. today I just have to beat my phone. That's funny. I mean, you guys have a different exposure than me and Carol Ann do because you guys grew up in an area era where phones weren't really prevalent. Well, we grew yeah. up during uh, Michael Jackson in the 80s. I had a Michael Jackson poster and then I had a Prince poster. Well, she's got a Prince tattoo. I do have a little <laughs> dove on my ankle, big deal. Really? And then no, I had bunch, the so. Jackson 5, oh, and yeah. then I had the John Stamos, and then Madonna. My mom has all the original uh, Michael Jackson albums um, I and the Prince. When she oh, passes, awesome. she's gonna put that under her will to give it to oh, us. Cool. Yeah, it's it's just super unique little piece of yeah. history. Um, and I mean, the ones I'm really excited to get are from my my granddad or my papa. He has the original Rolling Stones, yeah. and he gave me about 545s. Um, and so cool. it's so amazing. Super like underground, like yeah. Like, even just, like, before the big production, like, it, it's, some of them are just, like, people singing, and it's, it's not a, even, It's like just super cool. Like, fully developed songs put on these 
Yeah, he gave me like 500 of them. There was yeah, two massive like boxes of them, of just nothing but like 500 45s. Wow. And it's then, a heavy ass box. Yeah, it's, it's so heavy. I think it's under there. No, it's not. Uh, we put it in storage in Did South we? Carolina. Is it air conditioning? It is. It's air conditioned, everything. Because one time I, I, I had some, it wasn't heat and cool, <laughs> and then the rats got in and they chewed up my grandma's napkin. Really? She made. Well, it was terrible. We do That's have awful. mice in our... Yeah, but they, they do a pretty good job. It's it's regulated and everything, so I let them know. I just sent them a message to the secure link. And, hey, you guys have some mice inside the units. But, um, yeah, uh, I'm really looking forward to the Rolling Stones that my papa's going to give me because he has all the original ones, and I'm so looking forward to that. It's going to be pretty awesome whenever I get those. Yeah. Well, it's going to suck because that means he's dead, but well, it's going to be awesome. They get all those records, though. Huh. Straight <laughs> off. <laughs> no, he's the coolest dude ever. Papa's badass. Papa's got stories for days. Oh yeah, Papa does have yeah. stories for days. And there's a if there's a there's an old group that he had me listen to. Uh, you guys ever heard of Bobby Darren? Bobby Darren, Long Line Rider. You guys should listen to it. I love it. So it's it's actually about a a prison in Arkansas. Uh, and about a lot of the murders that took place there that the sheriff department and the warden was taking place in. And my, his brother, my great uncle, was a prisoner there. Uh, he was a, my great uncle was a, um, pretty much a gangster, but he was, I loved him. I loved Uncle Bruce. Uh, he was a good dude. But he killed cops. Um, he, he murdered several people. Um, yeah, and that it, it's honestly, he, there's probably a couple of bodies in some lakes around that area that, that he... They can either confirm or deny. Yeah, so, but anyways, Uncle Bruce is a good dude. Um, he, uh, he died years ago, though, so. But, uh, but yeah, he had me listen to this song, and it's on one of the 45s that he gave me, and then I found the audio version on YouTube. It was just such an, it's an interesting story. Bobby Darren, Longline Rider, and uh, it's about the story of that prison and the murders that took place there. Um, super interesting. Hmm. Little piece of history. A lot of movies on that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy. People don't want to believe that shit happened, but it did. It, yeah, absolutely. Well, there's definitely a lot of messed up stuff that's happened. So what's the most rewarding part of your job as a historian? Um, you know, I just really... It's pretty, it's pretty interesting to look at how all the state historic preservation offices have, have documented all the properties over the years. So, I mean, they've done a really good job. And uh, they found pretty much everything that's out there. Everything's pretty much documented. So you might every, find some hidden gems. Every once in a while, in a state, you know, somebody, like, imagine now we say off the grid. Well, you could really be off the grid back then. Like, back, back, back. You know, the things would not show up on a map. Mm -hmm. So every once in a while, something will show up, and I'm like looking at it, and I'm thinking of, and I'm looking at old maps, and I'm trying to figure it out, and I'm looking at a map, and it might show up on 1970 map or whatever, and I'm like, this is older than 1970. I know. And then I start to look, I'm like, how did they, you know, what did the mill do with the, with the logs? What does it mean if the log is this way or if it's still round or whatever? And I keep looking at the way things look and it's so interesting to me to just try to figure out like who these people are and what's messed up though is when you try to go back and look at the uh, the old deeds and stuff it's you know the handwriting mm -hmm. it can be misconstrued and so things you have to look you have to be super empathetic when you even look at handwriting in what way 
because an O might look like an E. Okay. An or e. a zero. Like things, Interesting. things are, you know, so you have to. I never to, thought of that. You have to try to connect dots that maybe were not connected before because this is the only information that's out there, right? So you're trying to figure out who lived there, why did they live there, what did they do, who were their relatives, I mean, who made this stuff? Um, did they did it come from a mill? Did they cut the trees down themselves? Did they use a draw knife? I mean, what? How did how did it happen? It's just super interesting to me, you know. But at the end of the day, I mean, my job is to look at things, see how they're being in, impacted by new technology, and, and at the end of the day, you know, um, we all need our cell phones. We all need to move forward, but we have to be super respectful of the past. That's the thing that I know. And that's, you know, whether something's been recorded before or not, we have to look at it, we have to understand where it came from and what it's gonna kind of, how it's gonna impact other people. If it's going to just sit there and rot in the woods, I wanna figure out a way to like pull it out of the woods and put it somewhere where people can look at it and enjoy it and understand it. Because mm -hmm. if something gets lost, it's lost forever. There's only this finite amount of stuff out there. And what is, um what is, what is one of the most interesting things that you've been able to discover that you've found? I mean, or, or maybe I can't really talk about it. Like I have found. You can't talk about it. Why not? Well, non-disclosure agreements or something. I probably I can't really talk much about it. But I mean, I found structures. You don't. That I don't are, want you. I don't no, want you to list anything. That's, no, I, I can't. I can't say anything specific. But I have found things that have not been found and not been reported and. Um, are super interesting things that I need to look closer into and, and figure out like how are other ways that we can make sure that these things don't disappear mm -hmm. because people forget like if somebody owns 500 acres and there's some little structure on there they may not even know it's on there because they may have gotten acres. that from somebody you know like it was you know handed down from somebody in a handshake you know 50 years ago and that was somebody's grandma or grandpa or you know somebody worked for somebody and that was like part of their payment and they had never even walked the property 500 acres is a lot of property oh, yeah. and if the, the 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 aerial is really dense you can't see stuff and if it's small i mean it's a lot of history so what do you think about the new structures that they're finding i'm not i'm sure you've heard of it um or maybe you haven't i don't know because um, i really don't know what goes into the job of a story and i just Whenever you think of story, you think that you know history. They know mm -hmm. history, but now that you're discussing maps, what are your thoughts about the structures that were found in uh, in the jungles using the sonar systems? Oh, isn't that amazing? It's fascinating. So, do we have implementation of that in the United States for like these densely populated areas or dense no, areas? I, I mean, we very well, very well might have those types of things. You know that I haven't. I haven't. Been, you know, I don't have any access to it. But I mean. That's something that may be possible with the military. Well, that was a big deal over in Syria a couple years ago when, when there was a lot of uh, bombing going on over there. So there was one a little historic area where it was heavily bombed, and through the uh, the mapping surveys they were doing over there from from the satellites, they looked at this one area and they could tell there was a bunch of looked like craters. And like, what what kind of what kind of uh, explosive device would create something like that and then when they looked into it further what was going on was there were essentially grave robbers in a sense going in there 
and stealing all these artifacts. And really? what they saw from the satellites was was craters dug up by humans, and they were looking for these artifacts. Really? And they were taking them into other countries. That's got to be bad karma. Absolutely. I, I believe karma is a real thing. I do. Because if you're a piece of shit human being, well, you're going to get a piece of shit. Well, that's why I always do the right thing as much as possible. That's really all you can do. That's all you can do. So, um, yeah, that's super, super interesting. So you really enjoy the job that you do then? Oh, yeah. I mean, teaching was great, and I love doing it, but I don't want to ever burn out on something. Um, and I just want to be that kind of person that can um, every day get up and be excited about doing something. And Absolutely. I really am excited about blending technology with um, the past. And uh, So, yeah, it's super fit for me. And I, I have a question uh I kind of wanted to segue it into the education aspect of things. Mm -hmm. uh, so I do have a couple of questions. Um, in today's modern education system, do you feel like there is a lack of education that's taking place? Um, like there's things that the that are being pushed down from the federal government that, like the, the No Child Left Behind, for example. Do you feel like there's there's a failure in that system? Do you feel like there's a failure in the current education system that we're dealing with based off of your experience as a teacher? Um, I feel like what was going on before COVID-19 happened and everybody kind of going home and, and getting the teaching from the teachers virtually or whatever's going to end up happening. I think it'll all be virtual eventually, but um, I think what was happening before was so, t uh, you know, testing driven mm -hmm. that everybody was just kind of like, Oh, the test, 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 test. You know, it was all about the test. You know, there was no cursive. There was no taking the kids on small trips to, you know, um, go to a yoga class or every morning waking up and doing a yoga class or getting up and doing, a, you know, a certain specific routine, uh, you know, during their whole third grade year or something like that. Like, I feel like, I feel like it was getting away. It was becoming very, I don't know how to explain it, just kind of getting to be very much of the same thing. Everybody was learning kind of the same things and not getting specialized in anything. We were all becoming like a jack of all trades, kind of getting a little bit of this and a little of that. Like, like you know, like when kindergartners are changing classes like eight times in one day. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Um, um, it doesn't have to be, I mean, slow down. Like, they're hyper and they're excited, but we don't have to be as crazy as that we, we can tone it down we're in charge mm -hmm. they're not in charge of us the kids aren't we've got to you know slow it down and and just really figure out like you know let them have some exposure to everything but not just be so crazy to where it's like let's show them as much as we can at every moment like let's let the children um get some exposure in first grade of this maybe they're into music in first and then in second they're in more in the arts and in third they're doing more of the you know, like, uh, maybe they're doing some kind of, um, I don't know, 3D printing in yeah. third or fourth grade. You know, like, each grade, they're focusing on something and becoming good at it. And yeah. if they can be good at it and they like it, they can pursue it when they get older. But until then, they're not like, oh, I like that for five minutes, but I don't know, because I only did it for five minutes, and now I'm going to do something else. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Because... Um, I don't really get to sit down and speak with a lot of teachers. Um, obviously, in today's age, with everything that's going on, it's really different. Yeah, now. it's it's really strange. Um, so that's a really interesting perspective. And so, as far as your teachings go, were you uh, did you work in more of an, a rural area or did you work in an inner city so area? I taught for about seventeen years. It was like so Mr. Garvey, Mr. Mr. Substitute Teacher, there, inner city. Well, no, the, no, the first no, it was not. 
The first uh, six Jay years Quillen. was high school. And it was... Um, <laughs> and it was... A, a first, <laughs> that is good. The first six years was high school in a rural area up in uh, western North Carolina. It was amazing. And just really good kids and just really beautiful art. And we did a lot of murals all over town. It was, it was, it was a super experience where we got to display their work all over the place. It was, it was awesome. You know, and that's also when I was at my peak of my youth and I was very like, whoa, let me put their stuff out there all the time and go to every festival and, you know. And then I taught middle and elementary as I got, you know, the years on. And I mean, honestly, as a teacher, it'll wear on you. It yeah. will wear you down. If you just give it all, like you have to every time, it will wear you out. It's exhausting. Very it's exhausting. hard. Very and young right. kids don't stop. I mean, they don't ever stop. No, they don't. And no matter how great of a teacher you are, you can try to be like, you know, explain everything and make me the best teacher you could ever be. But at the end of the day, you're still going to get the same questions. They're still going to do the same things. Because maybe they weren't listening or they had to do some kind of learning thing or whatever. But like, I mean, at the end of the day, you just have to be patient. And, you know... <laughs> That's challenging. Patience for 30 years is a long time. Absolutely. So now you're an expert in patience. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I try. I mean, still try. And I still teach. You know, when I, I have to do some smaller teaching. She things, still teaches you know. me all the time. But, you know, and he's still, you know, i got to teach him all the time. So. <laughs> and um, so did you have any experience teaching in inner cities? And what were your thoughts on inner city education and the community life um, between, did you see, what were your demographics of the inner city? Um, uh, my demographic was, um, you know, a high African American group um, at first and then, you know, more um, diversity, mostly white coming in um, over the, the years. and um, From the, into the inner cities? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and it becoming more of, more of a sought out school system where I where I taught and uh, super super positive super helpful super um, you know just very positive I saw amazing growth from kids like kids that had a really hard time in the beginning uh, turning into like the fastest math students I've ever seen just like you know winning awards and doing really awesome things I mean yeah. it was super rewarding I cannot say that it was not a, an amazing Absolutely, that um, is amazing. And just, you know, really good com- camaraderie around the, the, the people that I worked with. Um, the parents were, 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 I only had a few, I, I, I tended to lay low, honestly. Um, I didn't want to be super into it because I knew the more out there I was, I was a little bit nervous that it might draw some negative attention, to be honest with you, just being who I am. You know, a female, a white female single without kids sometimes people say things like you know as a parent or this or that you know and I just I just I just liked my job I did my job I enjoyed it and I I wanted to do it I wanted to do it I wanted to do it until I you know needed to do something else and what was your point where you decided that hey now is my time to stop with the education Um, and do something else you know what was that barrier I mean it you know, I mean, there's always a financial reason, and then there's always a um, just a kind of. I'll, I'll be. I think the double pink eye. And the, the double yeah. pink eye was, was that rough. the was that the line? Yeah, the, the, the laryngitis every year. I mean, it's it's hard. Um, you know, tr- 
trying to be as clean as you can and as positive as you can. And as, as, I just want to walk out with a smile on my face. I'm a happy person. I, I don't like a lot of uh, negativity or uh, uh, controversy. Um, you know, I just wanted to do the right thing and, uh, and do the best that I could. I, I, didn't, I didn't ever want to be one of those people that people were like, oh, she's burned out, you know? Yeah. So. And I you just, felt like you may have, or were coming close to that point at one uh, point in time? You know, I mean... You come close to that a lot during a school year. I mean, a lot of teachers do. They're not going to admit it. Well, and it's not just the students. I mean, it was like the uh, administrator. And well, the I mean, they did, they did the best they could. You getting, know? like, schedules out on time. Scheduling is so hard. You know, especially So define scheduling. Classes. I mean, you know, you have a lot of scheduling within a, a... You know, you have four quarters within a school year. Yes. So you, if you have 13 enrichment classes, that's an odd number. That's not ever going to work out that yeah. great, okay? You've already got an odd number. Now, what is an enrichment class? Enrichment is a nice word for specials. Specials is yeah. like the, the word for... Special education? No. Okay. That's the old word for enrichment. So, special education or... Uh, okay, so enrichment would probably cons- cons- be considered things like Spanish, oh, gotcha. French... Um, Understood. I don't know. What else? Orchestra? Shop class. Steam. Gotcha. Understood. Um, Robotics. Almost like a flex. Engineering. Yeah. But flex is usually more like homework type things. You know, like more of kind of like a let's do what you need to catch up on kind of thing. I would think enrichment would be like an elective. Oh, understood. Elective. Elective. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, no, no, it's totally cool. I'm, I'm from an, I'm from a poor education system. Specials, because we were like, um, this is supposed to be somewhere that the kids go that they're like excited about, and this is something, you know. Yeah. It was. We never had quite the right name, you know, in any school where I worked. We've grown up in high school, not high school, uh, middle school. We had specials, and then once I got older into high school, we had more of what are they called? Yeah, electives. Okay. Yeah, so I came from an Arkansas education, and so I don't have much of an education, uh, and that's sort of under my own fault. I didn't pay attention a lot. I was a really, really bad student. I didn't pay attention as much as I should be. And, well, you know, and, and it's kind of allowed me to view the world through a different lens due to the fact that I was kind of, gr- I was in the military at the age of 17, and I was growing up, like, rapid, like, very rapidly. I mean, I was deployed at the first time at 18, 19 years old, and so it's just like I was... And this accelerated program essentially and it allowed me to like focus on the things that really mattered because there was a lot of school that was just bullshit and there was a lot of and I'm not and I, hopefully you're not offended by that no, and I, I mean, no, there was I just a lot of there was a lot of things that that I could have I could have gained better use from as learning about life instead of learning about you know the Pythagorean theorem or you know anything in, along those lines because it's just like well I haven't used that as an adult were you getting high on pot news I was getting high on pot news <laughs> Gabriel just, Iglesias know, like, and he walks I, in I couldn't focus like I didn't understand like I didn't have I didn't have the, the learning like the the study skills like I never learned that same here and uh, we, we did learn it. some typing but I think a couple things that they should teach in school right now especially mm-hmm. with young kids is shoe tying because you, you wouldn't believe kids are still not tying their shoes in fourth and fifth grade. Really? And typing. I don't know why typing's not there anymore. I love anymore. typing class. And then also up. cursive. Like, I, I would love for when I'm 70 to, you know, be the interpreter of old documents to 
the millennials when I'm 70 or whatever they're called <laughs> at that point. But, like, honestly, like, kids, it's just, like, you connect the letter to the next letter. But still, like, that should be taught. Yeah, absolutely. There's certain basic little stuff that doesn't take that long that could be a very small thing. I'm extraordinarily uneducated. And main, one of my main goals with starting the podcast was learning education through people's experience and the wisdom that they have. And so I didn't even, I didn't know how to, Caroline will agree with this, I didn't know how to read in cursive until I taught myself, a, a, what, a year ago? they don't teach you. I, yeah. A lot of times he asked me, not out of stupidity, but no, it's he No, no, Here, here's the thing, I'm, I'm not prideful like I was five years ago. I am stupid. I, I really am. You can Google anything now so you don't have to be embarrassed. And no, no, and see, that's the thing is I was never embarrassed about it, but I, I, I always, always... Do you know how embarrassing it is to pull an encyclopedia out, dust it off, and go... <laughs> look something up because it's embarrassing as it was, a kid. see I just I wasn't I wasn't <laughs> embarrassed because I didn't know it um, but as I got older which you said a key you said a key word a moment ago you said old documents as I started getting more wrapped up into the Constitution as I started started learning about older culture and um, religion and uh, you know the founding fathers and just the foundation of this nation and the previous nations that have existed I realized how really important it is to be able to learn cursive handwriting and I think that maybe what if there is a a systematic de-education where they don't want the future generation to be able to read these old documents. That's uh, up. Absolutely, that's a hard document to read too. You, you know, and and yeah. that's something to think about. Is you know, what if, and it kind of plays into what we said it earlier. What so if? Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. It, it just beautiful. flowed. It, I mean, you should it was see the elegant. Old maps. Really, I would I love to see one. Love it's hard old to maps. find. They have them I mean, a lot in it's, DC. It's hard to find the information. Well, I like the old maps from old Captain uh, Captain Jack Swallows. <laughs> I think you're watching the wrong Oh, film. my bad. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> Captain Jack Swallows. That's oh, hilarious. So, Anyways, have you been to D.C. as far as, like, historical? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. Anyway, D.C. has maps. <laughs> Love it. Um, he went for the first time. Of National you. Treasures. That's true. Nicholas Cage. We, I took him for the first time. Um, we had some official business to take care of up in Maryland, and he got to experience D.C. for the first time, and he loved it. So I, my, I have a relative who signed the Declaration of Independence. That's awesome. Yeah, it's super, super interesting. So I've always made it a goal to be able to go up there and, and see it. Um, and so I got to see his writing, and it was really neat. Um, but no, I, 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 I was trying to. What's challenging is, is those old like documents are so... Well, to see the the, well, the issue is is that they're so worn down. Yeah, and they have so, somebody that goes in there every so often to get the paper back to where it needs to be. Right. And, and they have dim light. You're not allowed to take pictures yeah. because the light will distort the ink. It'll mess up the paper. So it's in very dim light. It has a very weird light bulb that you can you can read it, but you can't read it because it's so jacked. Mm -hmm. But freezing in there. Yeah, it is. It's yeah, very cold. Keep it nice and cool. Yeah, it was really interesting. No humidity. Yeah, yeah, no humidity. None. And in Maryland, that says a lot. Um, yeah, it was it was definitely interesting. So something I wanted to ask you on: um, What do you think about this Joe Biden and Kamala Harris situation that's taking place? Is it Kamala or Kamala? I, that was Kamala. Kamala. Is it Kamala? I don't know. I, I, I'm not quite sure. So first of all, have you heard that uh, she's Jamaican and Indian? I have heard that, and as a matter of fact, whenever she first ran for office in California, that was what was printed out: was the first Jamaican and Indian descendant to be elected in a Californian official. So, where, where is this African-American thing coming in? Is that fake news? Uh, I think African-American 
now it has been kind of blanketed term for black people. Um, for of darker complexion? Yeah. So like a generalization, but I mean that still would be an inaccurate claim. So Okay, so this is something I come in contact with a lot yeah. of my work. And honestly, like I was, I was trying to um, be really careful, you know, making sure that what I'm saying is, is timeless and is not something that is going to come back and I'm going to be embarrassed of later. Like, oh, I should have said it this way or that. And, um, you know, some people are from Caribbean descent, so they're not. I mean, technically, aren't we all from Africa? Yeah. At some point, right? According mm-hmm. to the Bible. So it's, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I always, <laughs> I mean, I, growing that. up, I always <laughs> felt like saying that someone was, someone was black, I always felt a little bit uncomfortable. I always felt like saying African-American was a little bit more appropriate. Yeah. But now... I always felt like saying black American would probably be more appropriate because you don't know if they're maybe from South America or if they're from Africa or if they're from somewhere else. I don't know. Wales. Um, Wales? Anyway. <laughs> the wise so ass. Basically, I don't know what he's talking about, but so basically I just, you know, I, I just want to say the right thing and I don't know what the right thing is. So I always felt like saying maybe black American, but that's not really a thing yet. So. I listened to a guy on TV talking about it, and he said, just say black or African-American. And I feel like black American. You can always say sir or ma'am. Yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, you know, and, not and when I'm writing, like, if I'm rewriting history, I'm saying, this is important to sir or ma'am history. Like, I'm trying to say this is important to social history so, of African-Americans or, you know. My exposure with the black community is, is that they care far less than what people are playing it up to be. Um, and that's just been my exposure. I'm not saying that that's correct. I'm not saying that that's right or wrong. Mm-hmm. But it, generally, the black community that I've interacted with, they don't give a fuck what you call them as long as you don't say the word you're not supposed to, of right? Course. So it's just as long as you come to them with, with respect, they don't care if you call them African-American Always. or black. Just because it, it's just it's a mainstream media thing that I think gets pushed out to where with the liberal agenda of everybody needs to be offended and everybody needs to have their noun or pronoun or whatever it is that they're calling it these days. Um, and Exactly. I want everyone to be getting along. I just way. want to say, you know, the most appropriate time. thing that I can say. And, and unicorns. Yep. And the the thing is, the thing is, is that a lot of a lot of black people don't give a shit. They just they want to be respected like anybody else would. The, the, there is I don't like the term African American if I'm being honest. I don't with you. particularly care for it all. I don't think it's accurate. It's very long, and it's like doesn't encompass most of the people that I think I'm always talking about. Exactly. I, I feel like it, it's an inaccurate description. And I also feel like it's not accurate as far as the generational situation that's taken place. You're really not African American. You're American. Exactly. I view. I, and here's the thing: whether you're black, white, Hispanic, you know, my viewers Polish. can agree with that. Yeah, it doesn't make me any difference what you are. If you're American, you're American. It doesn't matter Native to American. me. American. At a certain point, I don't know. I don't know. It's so hard to really. It's challenging. It really is. The right words. Absolutely. Especially when you're putting them in, in, in something and it's going to stay there for a long time. Forever. Yeah, that's definitely, that would be really challenging because you don't want to misidentify a person if right. they didn't identify as that 100 years ago, 200 years ago, right. you know. That, that actually, I haven't thought about that from well, a historical you know, standpoint. a lot of people did come from the Caribbean. Absolutely, you're right. And they don't know, unless they do a severe, like, major background check and they do some serious, serious, deep looking into their backgrounds. Well, they did, they did that to, to Kamala. 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 I just Googled First of all, you got to figure out how you call And so supposedly her ancestry was some serious slave owners in Jamaica. 
what was it called? Look, Google that up. Wait, her? Yeah, so her like great, great, great. I have heard this. Yeah. So if you go back to the area where where she came from, essentially her family, her, her lineage, the lineage came from, it's it's called Brownstown or something like that, and uh, whatever whatever the term was, and it refer, refers to her ancestry where they actually called it that because they owned the town and they owned the people and had a, a huge slave settlement. Really? You said Browntown? See, now, I, I've, I've like heard of this before. Brownstown in San Francisco. No, no, this no, was Brownstown in, in, in the Caribbean. Anyway, so what do you think about the Joe Biden and Kamala Harris situation? What do you think? Because if you, my take on it is I really do think, uh, are, are you voting for, or you don't have to discuss as far know. as, I mean, so Joe I'm Biden. Very, I always vote for change because I just feel like people are really unhappy right now. Well, um, and well, I've voted for change in the past because I felt like people were really unhappy. See, I don't, I don't really well, know. if you're going to vote for change, why would you vote for somebody who's been in office for over 50 years? Yeah, absolutely, and had an opportunity as vice president to change a lot of the for issues years, that are taking place. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there was nothing. two terms. Exactly. And I really think Joe Biden does uh, does have a cognitive issue. I think he really does have a, a brain issue well, that's taking place. There's something going on there. You know, I mean, the, a not lot of everybody that, goes around smelling little girls' hairs. That's true. That that I, I don't understand that. Like, and what? And it's crazy that that their parents allow that. These elected officials who come up and they take pictures with them, and he's like smelling these little kids. What? Like, and what? I haven't seen that. Oh, oh, you haven't? What? You haven't? That's like, that's like the. Is it not true? Yeah, it's crazy. I can show you videos like two hours worth of different girls there. Oh yeah. And no, it's what? just strange. Like he'll he'll like oddly touch women, and I'm just saying it's just. In what world is it okay? Because if a Republican were to do that. Every left-wing individual would be on that ass, and I just Until always, they always got out of the system. And I always just I found it strange too, is that how the left attacked Donald Trump for the allegations that were unfounded of sexual assault, or uh, of course he said inappropriate things. Nobody's going to doubt that because um, there's evidence of it. However, but whenever Joe Biden gets accused, they're like, oh yeah, whatever. I'm still going to vote for him. There was literal well, tweets. Look at the Kavanaugh things. I didn't know who Kamala Harris was until she started doing all that crap. And she was, she was nasty and despicable. And I, I didn't like it at all what she was doing to this guy and his family. And she was hell-bent on saying he did all these things. And when I finally saw a video of this professor that thought he did it, I was like, this woman is just as crazy as, as, a, as a piece of bad shit. I mean, this woman <laughs> is crazy as hell. And, and anyone could see it. Her glasses were all dirty and full of fingerprints. And she was like, I don't, maybe it was him, I don't know. So what was the situation? So she accused him of rape, I don't know, what, 30 years ago? But last summer when, when Judge Kavanaugh was being uh, uh, grilled into being one a of the... A federal judge? Uh, uh, not a federal judge, but the, uh, the highest, highest judge you can be. Okay. So he's one of the... Uh, Supreme Court judges. Oh, understood. Supreme okay. Court. Gotcha. When he was under nominee grilling, uh, all these uh, uh, Democrat people on, in the hearing were just beating the crap out of this guy. They ain't saying this is true, and we believe this, and you can't do this, equal live, women's rights, all this, that, and the other. And it came, it came out that this woman was just lying her ass off. Yeah. So she even said these things during the, uh, the debates. Kamala Harris was like, oh, no. 
I, I, I believe all these accusations against Joe Biden are true. Yeah, absolutely. I thought that, that was and interesting. Like, I'm so honored like to be his running mate. Yeah, and then Kamala Harris, yeah. you know, she was like, he's a racist, and now, oh, totally. you know. Wait, she said Joe Biden was a racist? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, during debate, she's like, totally. she slammed him. And, and, and I'm inclined. She actually said he was. Yeah, a racist. A racist. Absolutely. It, and the the thing Why is. Why do people say that about people? I think that it's a. So here's the thing: is my my theory on it is I think that it's a quick way to get somebody out of your way. Yeah. I think that it's a very easy thing to throw at anybody, especially a white person, for to be called a racist because it's impactful in this generation to where if anybody calls you a racist. Just write you off. Absolutely, that's exactly it. Because they, they don't have to look at you anymore. Because somebody who's in power said you're a racist, so that means you're a racist. And they don't do any background check, no investigating. They're just like, this person said you're a racist, you're a racist. Interestingly enough, Joe Biden just so happened to pick her as a VP for whatever reason, I don't know. And that still leads me to believe this dude has cognitive issues. Nothing that, like, you, this isn't a serious, this isn't a serious presidential election. It's very clear that Trump's gonna win again. It's, it's written on the walls, it's clear. Joe Biden is not a serious candidate. Joe Biden has a serious cognitive issue. He has a lot of things that are really strange about him, from his groping and touching of, of children and uh, adult women, the way he approaches them. There's a lot of these really strange behaviors that, even though the left condemns, they're dealing with just because it's their electee. Really well, strange I mean, times. When you only have two choices, people are like, what am I going to do? You know, absolutely. It gets weird. And that's the problem is we only have two choices. and. Joe Jorgensen, I think, would be a decent uh, electee. Trey uh, Gowdy. Yeah, absolutely. I love Trey Gowdy. Trey Gowdy is the man. Um, How does that happen? The, it, well, the thing is, is that they have to cling to, they have to pledge to a party. And they have to, and essentially, you have to pledge to either a Democratic Party or a Republican Party to be considered as a, as a serious runner. There's even people who have been trying to run, and their names aren't even getting on state ballots. Yeah. So, you know, it, we're, we're dealing with a corrupt system that wants to stick to this, what is it called, biopoly? Where it's only a two voting party system. Yeah, and I'm it's so messed up. It is. Nobody That's wants to vote is. for either we party. We have one idiot to choose from and then another idiot to choose from. I don't want to vote for anybody right now. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't. Well, I, I know who I don't want. I don't want a Marxist government. Well, I, I don't, don't want, want a I don't, I don't either. I, want, I don't want that either. And you think I Joe Biden would bring a Marxist government in? So what's your thoughts on that? Like, um, with Antifa, Black Lives Matter, do you think that that's the introduction to the Marxist-type government under Donald his regime? Donald Trump is a uh, capitalist. He's not a Absolutely. globalist. Absolutely. Love so capitalism. The left, the left is totally globalist, and that's what they want. They want to seize power. They want a socialist government. They want to tell you when you're going to go to work, how much you're going to make. This is how much welfare you're going to get. This is how much health care you're going to get. It's crazy. This bizarre crap. Why should we as taxpaying citizens of the United States have to fund all these illegal immigrants and their health care? That's what they want. They want open borders. They don't want... They just want you to just do what they want you to do. Yeah, it's the black water. And for me, that is not the right way to go. Absolutely. No, I agree. I think that we live in a really strange time. And um, what's your thoughts on Antifa? It's a bunch of little dumbasses. <laughs> little black mask. They think they're cool. I, I think it's just a bunch of little kids being paid money by George Soros and company just to go out there and cre create havoc. And, and I saw that at the inauguration because I was part of that when, uh, obviously, when Trump came in. You okay? Um, Antifa was running wild out there. Mm -hmm. It was, they were beating the crap out of people, like, just for no reason, just because they were at the inauguration. That's one thing that we actually got yeah. briefed on. 
um, just being careful. So we basically, that's all we did was basically provide security along the, the edge of the... Yeah, they're cowards. Like the marching. They're just cowards. Yeah, they are. Absolutely. You know, I, I actually do have a buddy who is Antifa. He's a friend that I went to school with. And the reason why he's a buddy of mine is because I like to keep in a subjective lens. I like to look at things from a different angle. So I reached out to him, and he was like, well, if you're anti-Nazis, you're anti-fascist, then welcome to Antifa. And I was like, well, not really. You can be anti-fascist and not be Antifa. Because really, fascism is hidden with Antifa. Correct. Because their whole objective is to silence an entire opinion that doesn't agree with them, which that aligns with the fascist mentality. Um, and so we're in a re really weird time in American history where um, there's a lot of blurred lines going on. Lots of Absolutely. Yeah, but that Antifa to me is a, is a joke. I watched uh, I watched a couple of, uh, of videos where a bunch of white guys out of Texas out there just beat the shit out of these Antifa types during the daylight and ended up being as a bunch of females. But the white dudes didn't have any masks on or anything. They're like, oh, you think you're tough now? Come fucking do something to me. And they were beating the shit out of these people and they were all hooded. And when they took off their hoods, they were a bunch of females. Oh. And they went around the corner with their with their guy friends with their masks on still. And they were crying and crying, sitting down, taking the knee on a curbside. And these guys are like, you, you think you're so fucking cool now? Fucking do something now. And they were just sitting there crying on the curbside. So to me, that's a bunch of crap. So so the, the, the Texas guys were beating up these Antifa women? It was about 50-50. But everybody was all masked up. And they were starting shit and they went back away. And they're like, get the fuck out of here. It was a big fight. It was about 30 Antifa on 10 fucking white dudes. And they clobbered the shit. And they went around the corner and they cried. And I watched this video. And they, the, the, the people, the Antifa folks, went over there with their little black uniforms. And they sat down and they were just crying their eyeballs out. It's just so depressing that the people just do this. It's stupid. Who's Ridiculous got, stuff. first of all, like, you know, Collins and I were in I mean, don't you just want to be happy? Don't you just want exactly. to have a life? Yeah, absolutely. You know, what's wrong with being happy? Think? Just, I mean, what's this just, all about? You know, like, put money in your 401k. Like, enjoy your life. Like, just do things. Spend time with your family. Um, you know, be treated well. You know, like, take things to the, I don't know. Just mind your damn business. No, do I mean, think? I get it. You have to. Stand up eventually. Stand up against things to make things work, and I mean, I get it that maybe you know we've had a lot of things that are easier for us than they have been for other people. But at a certain point, it's just like, good God, like this is just getting so well. I've, I've watched a lot of upsetting. I, I've watched a lot of protests over the years. People taking advantage of things, like people yeah. just breaking in and stealing stupid. That like, is. If you're so yeah. worried about the way people are treated, why are you stealing shit from these companies? Yeah. That exploit people who make things mm -hmm. who aren't getting paid properly for the things that are made that you think they're the best brand on earth and then you're breaking into a company and stealing like it's just like why is that important to you i don't even understand like, the things that people think are important they don't even know what's important they don't. They're it's like they're too young. Lines, man. They they're too have, young. They have no idea they what they're doing. They just want a bunch of crap. Absolutely, and you know, and I think that that's the issue with the rioting is you know, you gotta straighten your own people out. Uh, you know, you guys are calling for. You know, I'm not the biggest fan of law enforcement. We've had a conversation about this several times, um, and I'm a cop. Um, if you guys are going to call out cops for being scumbags, then you guys need to hold each other accountable for being scumbags and destroying local businesses. Uh, and that's something to think about.
So I got I, I do got a question for you, and we'll wrap it up. I know you guys are getting sleepy, um, and you gotta you gotta head out tomorrow. I got a flight. Absolutely. So, um, any crazy stories as far as like ghost stories, any sort of UFO stuff? Yeah, let's from, hear it, Collins. Like I mean, let's if you want to share it, you, feel free. I mean, I have some crazy stories too. Um, any like? Have you ever seen any like spaceship? What about Carolina over here? I've only had a few. I've never seen a spaceship. A few? <laughs> I, I've had a few weird ghost stories since him and I have met. But I've never seen, like, spaceships. And I want to. I'm excited that we're out here so I can see cool stuff like that. But yeah, because uh, it's so clear. I, I've heard of a lot of things. I've never seen anything. I can tell you a story my dad told me. So my dad used to be a bass fisherman. And he used to go out to this lake in Virginia of all places. Okay. And uh, every Friday, as a family, we would go out to this uh, mom-and-pop uh, pizza place, Italian joint, we'd get some uh, pizza. And so he told us. My mom was like, hey, tell, tell them the story. He said, ah, oh, they don't want to hear that. Long story short, he tells this story to us. Let's hear it. Like 1985, maybe. Okay. Midst of the Reagan years. <laughs> and and he had goes, to throw that one in goes, there. So me and my buddy <laughs> were on the boat night fishing. Okay over the lake and he goes there's this giant spacecraft that just came out of nowhere with all these lights it was huge it was this huge thing floated out of the atmosphere just these lights were all over the lake he goes you know it didn't make any sounds and it was right by our boat he goes and all of a sudden the lights went off and it just disappeared really and I I actually brought that story up to him three four years ago that's my dope and he was like yeah yeah that really happened and I was like, are you serious? Because that doesn't seem real to me. He goes, no, that, that actually happened. I said, were you smoking something, Dad? Were you drunk? No, you that really happened. Well, so, see, you know, and here's the thing, because people, because I've had some really strange occurrences. Uh, I've talked about it on the podcast. I had a whole podcast on it. And people always ask me, well, were you high? Were you drinking? Well, the thing is, is let's, I, first off, I wasn't. But let's say I was. Like, if people who, like, because I had a weird Sasquatch type of experience. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, I did see something weird the other day, but I don't know. No, if let's it hear was. it. It's okay. It was just a weird light in the sky that kind of took off and like. But there's been a lot of weird drones, you know. Oh yeah. Downtown Atlanta, so I'm not really sure. Yeah. I'm not really sure. See. But it seemed odd. Are you talking about like it was quick? It was. It was fast, and it was. It just sat there for a minute, and it took off. Really. That's the only thing, and I, my friend Bill was in the bathroom, like he didn't see it, so I don't know. I, I, it seemed weird to me. Hmm. So yeah. No, I absolutely believe you. You know, I, I think that it's human nature to doubt, um, and I think that a lot of people are just doubters until they actually see something that's really kind of makes them question the reality that we're living in. I do believe in UFOs. I do believe that there are extraterrestrial things that take place on Earth. I think that there's I aliens that exist. Aliens. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm not saying everything on that show is right, but also, you know, there's some things that are absolutely unexplainable. There's things that, there's that just don't... There's stuff on this earth. Absolutely. Yes. It's hard to explain. It was a power Huge, ex- like, such amounts of work. Like, how much work could go into something that, like, I don't get it. You know, in, like, take World War II, for example, like, the L- the lights over L.A. that took place, and uh, yeah. you guys remember that? Or remember hearing about it? Not remember that. <laughs> Do you guys that. remember World War II? Just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> That's not oh, I remember, yeah, in color. <laughs> <laughs> or 
sure it wasn't black and white back then? But, uh, but yeah, so, like, they were shooting at this ship that's in the sky with spotlights and, like... Was that L.A.? That was in L.A., yeah. yeah. You know, it, and like, even the Pentagon just released stuff saying that... Because they had a task force that was released, uh, and they're releasing evidence stating that, hey, we have found unknown aircraft that are not of existence of this world. Um, and and this, this is officially released. Um, and they have a task force where the entire objective was was to find this information and release it to the public. So they're actually in the process of releasing it. We were guaranteed to have uh, some released information in six months. And that was about a month ago, so we're about five months out. Um, and they have confirmed that they have found a technology that, that has never existed in, on Earth and we, no current government known has this type of technology. And so I've always been a believer. I've seen weird things that I can't explain. I've had ghost experiences that I really can't put my foot on. But I'm also super open-minded, and it's not that I actively seek this stuff. A lot of the stuff just kind of like stumbles in my lap for whatever reason. Um, it's just, I don't know, we live in a really strange time. But, I, yeah, I just wanted to ask you guys. So um, so your dad was like 100%. 100%. Uh, that's the closest I've ever come. I've never seen anything like it in my life. I've never experienced anything firsthand, but I've heard a lot of stories. And I, I totally believe that there's, you know, when I look, I was talking about looking at stars last, this weekend in Utah. I mean, I look up there and the first time I saw a, a good, a good, awesome view of the Milky Way galaxy was in, uh, well, it was in Key West. Oh, okay. South of Missoula. And uh, it was like hardly any light out there. It was open desert and I could see the Milky Way just like you could see a good picture of it in the textbooks. But, uh, man, if you look out there, there's so many stars, there's so many different galaxies. I, I'm a fool to think that we're the only life form out there. Exactly. I just don't believe that. I don't believe it at all. I believe in the Bible. I believe in God. Every culture on this planet believes in a God of some sort. And what, they're, they're kind of similar. But, uh, you know, if you listen to the ancient aliens and all that stuff, and it talks about all these gods, how they come together. And how you know uh, you take a version of, of our God and it's actually an alien life form. I mean, yeah, and I've heard that theory as well. Is that you know because here's the thing: is if you were to take uh, a nuclear reactor right now and you were to drop it off in the Renaissance time, they would have no understanding, no idea, no idea what it is that they're dealing with. All they would know is, is that they walked up on it and now they're dying of some unknown illness. Yeah. So these civilizations. Exactly. You know, there's a lot of really strange occurrences. You take a look at the one that, that happened in North Carolina in the uh, 1800s, where that entire city just completely vanished. What was it called? It was American Horror Story did the thing. Oh, on it was right there on the coast. Roanoke. Yeah, Roanoke. Yeah, they just completely disappeared. There's a little note on the tree. Was there? Yeah. I haven't seen that part. Um, I, or I haven't seen that part of the story. Um, it's you know, just... It's basically the Lumbee Indians, right? What we call the Lumbee Indians today. Okay. Basically, what it was, it was a tribe of Native American, what, what we believed to be was the uh, Cherokees. And there was some, some settlers out there as well, and then all of a sudden, they were all dead when they just dog had deceased. And uh, no no one to live to tell the story, but there was a little note on the tree. I don't remember what the note said, but. Did it explain? It's a clue. It's a clue. It's just Interesting. <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think that there are things that exist beyond our comprehension. But I mean, think about it. Anything that could make people sick, like, like what's happening right now in a small community, just wipe people out. Yeah, absolutely. Just like that. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, they, they saw that in the jungle whenever uh, Englishmen were coming over and, and exploring. We were bringing illnesses that they weren't used to. And so it, just all sorts of things. And we, we were interacting with these tribal members not knowing that we had diseases on us. And Yeah, and it was wiping out entire city, city civilizations. And that's why I was talking to you earlier about the sonar capabilities that were taking yeah, place in the jungle. that's so interesting. It's amazing because a lot of these civilizations, the reasons why they were wiped out were because they had plague-like events that were taking place yep. from Englishmen unknowingly coming over there, okay. interacting with their citizens, and dying. Or, you know, it could, may not be somebody coming in. It could be something that you're doing with the way that you're keeping your food. Yeah, absolutely. You're not doing it properly. Not, you know, you're trying to keep things warm or cool or this or that, and you just mess it up and you accidentally mess, mess up the way you feed your entire city. Yeah, and they're, they're estimating millions of people in previous civilizations lived in the jungle. Um, and, you know, and then suddenly there were just little small tribes. Yeah. Now there's no now there's no hint of them. But, yeah, anyways, um, yeah, crazy times we live in, UFOs, aliens, ghosts, whatever. Ooh, you've had glitches in the Matrix, too. What do you mean? Like on our way out here, we saw we saw. A oh yeah, yeah, it was super weird. So you you guys know like what Matrix is, right? Yeah. Like where essentially people say that we live in a simulation and that everything is a simulation and that our brain is simulated and everything that we see is simulated. Well, we were on our way out here and we had like this weird experience where we were driving down the road and we saw this cop car that was probably two miles ahead of us, right? And he was on the left hand side and there was a bunch of cop cars over there. And we drive and we're like anticipating to see this thing. There's traffic that slowed down and then we get up to where it's at and it's gone. And we're like, okay, it must have, must have went ahead. Uh, it must have cleared up the accident or the scene, right? We keep on going. We get about a mile down the road and we're climbing an elevation at this point so we can see the road that we just came down. And there's a, there's a whole fleet of cop cars in that exact location again. You didn't see it? Yeah, mm-hmm. didn't see And we were in the left lane where, that, where they were pulled over. Yeah, so there's just, I don't know, there's just a million different little things, but, but yeah, so. Yeah, that's, that's different. But, um, but yeah, guys, so I, we'll go ahead and wrap it up, because okay. I know you guys got to get out of here. I know, um, I got to get up and fly in the morning. Absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, I really appreciate you guys tuning in. It's been a pleasure to have you guys Thanks as a guest. I really wanted to ask you a bunch of questions, because I may not be able to see you, um, and you're going to hop back on hopefully at some point. And I'd love to have you on just as a bullshit session or whatever I'll you want to talk it. about. We'll do a guy, do a guy session. Yeah, that'd be yeah. awesome. Um, and I really appreciate having you guys. Um, and good luck on your travels tomorrow. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Well, awesome. All right, UWB community. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the podcast. It was an interesting one. Um, we appreciate all of our viewers. Make sure you check us out on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you hop in the Discord. If you guys have any suggestions, comments, questions, concerns, you guys can message me directly or through our site. All right, guys, be safe. Peace.